guess more in depth about kind of my um, existence existence would be like I studied engineering in college which I don't use at all so that's interesting but you got it on the back burner. you got it in the back yeah, pocket we'll see and I coach for a full-time living for mm -hmm. myself I started a company called compete lacrosse Academy and essentially started as basically private lessons mm -hmm. and small group training and then team training and now it's sort of spiraled into some other products as well uh, working with coaches and on like a contract basis working with entire programs gotcha so okay, we'll get more in depth into that sure and let's because now I'm realizing well of course I knew because I researched you prior to this but I actually think I also played against you once at Hartford, at least in one game mm -hmm. um, in college. And you also came out of college the same year as me. Yeah. So um, what was your – and I'm just going because my experience coming into the MLL was like I knew the MLL draft was happening, but I wasn't like, golly, I better be a first-rounder or mm -hmm. anything. You know, I didn't have a huge college name. I also wasn't like I'd love to play in the MLL. I wasn't against it, but I was kind of agnostic towards whether or not anything would happen with regard to the MLL. But then once I got drafted, I was like, I'd probably do it. Um, what was your thought in terms of, what was your perception of the MLL before getting involved with it? I had a dream to play professionally from high school on. So I had that kind of vision in my head, but I also understood that it's not a, a real source of income. Uh, so. In my mind, I was like, all right, I'd like to play professionally, score a couple goals just to say that I did it, and then I'll do whatever else, you know, makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. But as my playing career became more of a, uh, we'll say, staple in my sort of identity after college, um, it turned into more of like, the lifestyle that goes into being a professional athlete and mm -hmm. I just like embodied that but as far as leading up to it I had a little bit of communication with the Boston Cannons coach at the time who was looking at drafting me but I really didn't think that I was going to get drafted to be honest mm -hmm. and I ended up getting picked the very last pick of that draft in 2012. Mm -hmm. And when you came into so you you get drafted yeah. you you already wanted to play. Mm -hmm. When you showed up, were you like, what did you expect? Because I had no idea what I was walking into, and the MLL had this, you know, there was this perception that it was a little men's league-y, but obviously the people were incredibly talented. And when I showed up, I, I had no idea what to expect. Obviously the talent level is crazy, but were you expecting that this was going to be like, yeah, I'll take a swing? Or was this something that you're like, yes, I'm in, now I'm going to do this? Uh, I think it was a little bit of both because coming into Boston, I knew some of the bigger name guys that we had had at that time. Ryan Boyle, Kyle Sweeney, Paul Rabel, Mitch Belial, Jordan Burke, uh, a couple other guys um, as well. But I was a little bit like fanboy, to be honest with you. Like when I first <laughs> showed up, I was like, whoa, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm teammates with these guys. And I thought that was pretty cool in and of itself. Uh -huh. Um but I really wasn't sure of myself, to be honest with you. Like at mm -hmm. that time, I, I didn't think that I had much of a chance to, to play. 
I was kind of just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was after that first sort of half season in 2012 that I started taking my training a little more seriously, and I saw more opportunity for me to actually get playing time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like the MLL is um, – and, you know, PLL now too, but there it's – if you're from a college that's not top 20 or mm-hmm. what have you, and you're constantly struggling to be relevant, like in college, we weren't the best team, right? So I was, I had that same thought in the back of my mind, like, well, here, I'm about to find out if I'm any good. Um, but I feel like there's, for, it becomes quickly evident that like a guy that's popping into my head is what he went to um, Vermont, and now he play he plays box too, something with a McKenna. Oh, Ian McKay. Uh, played yes. at Vermont, and I remember seeing videos of him at Vermont, and I'm like, this kid is nasty. Like, I hope that he plays in the MLL because he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like some of those guys don't get the respect that they deserve in college because the teams aren't as good. But then when they get into the MLL, you quickly realize, like, there's talented guys on every single team. Mm-hmm. And if you watch highlights of – it's because you watch the highlights of them, and they do a good thing, but then it's like, well, who are they playing? Or, you know, he's just taking the ball to the rack. But I know for me that that, like, I, that resonates with me because when I got there, I'm, I don't want to say I was, like, fanboying, but I was more like, am I that good? Mm-hmm. Right? And it was Just kind of questioning yourself a little bit. Yeah. It only took one practice, though, because it was the same thing where I, like, knew, I knew who these players were. And I'm like, wow, this is that guy. But then I'd, like, beat him or not, like, consistently, but, like, you know, he'd get me, I'd get him. And I'd be like, oh, I think this is just – you know, mm-hmm. like any other team. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think there's less drop passes um, other than that and incredibly high instincts in the professional game. But beyond that, you know, it's not it's nothing crazy. I agree. It's interesting. I think there's kind of two big things that stick out to me with what you were just saying. One is with in regards to, like, where you went to school and sort of the, you know, anyone who's played at that level sort of understands there's, like, an unwritten thing if you're an ACC type guy, you're gonna get a look more than likely quicker than say a guy like you or me that Mm -hmm. didn't play at such a big time school. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's an interesting dynamic there, but I also think there's an advantage to that adversity. Like I think there's a lot of guys that didn't even, like there's a guy, uh, Kyle Denhoff, for example, he played division three and he's been an all-star in the league for a couple of years now. Um, And he's a guy that I think took that adversity as a opportunity to work past it and create more of a longevity style career mm-hmm. where like guys that come in and are expected to produce right away mm. sometimes do yeah but a lot of times I think that is ends up being more of like a flash in the pan type thing uh-huh um I feel like the go ahead you have another no I actually kind of forgot my second thought so yeah go ahead um <laughs> <laughs> um since you, I mean, this is a unique. So I talked to Kai, my previous guest, about this, but he's uh, incredibly polite, and I feel like I couldn't get the answers that I wanted out of him because he was being diplomatic, um, because he's that a really good person. <laughs> um, we're hoping to get you to talk a little shit. No, I'm kidding. Um, so you're you're now you are one of the few guys who like I played in the MLL, but I didn't play in the MLL while there was the PLL. So this, whoever played in the MLL this year has a unique perspective, especially you because you're a veteran in that league. What was it like this year? And I, I was kidding about getting you to talk shit. I more meant like, give me something. Yeah. Um, what was it like to be kind of the, 
this, the league getting less exposure in terms of, um, like, it's on NBC, mm -hmm. they're shooting all these games, kind of like the Final Four is shot, mm -hmm. and the MLL, I think, is, is gearing up now and realizing, okay, if we're going to compete with the PLL, that's what we have to do. But what was, that, what was it like this year to, to have... Sort of on the inside there? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I think one, one sort of misconception that's super common was that people on the outside would always ask me like not only what do you think about the uh the pll but you know what's what's the mll gonna do like uh, you guys must be so pissed and my response was always like well instead of nine teams last year there's 12. Mm -hmm. like it, it, i was a little bit for me personally like i was pretty objective about it uh there was more roster spots this year than there was last year so there's more opportunity and i think that was really sort of cut and dry for me as, sort of, as far as my perspective on like my opinion on the PLL was A, I respect Paul and what he's done and what he's doing, um, but B, the MLL has provided me with a platform more than I think I would have gotten in the PLL because they sort of saw me as someone that could step up into more of like a a star in the league type role. So like in the preseason, they were giving me a lot of attention in on the behind the scenes type stuff in mm -hmm. the front office is like, oh like let's let's kind of tell Marty Bose's story a uh -huh. little more Home this year. Guy. Um so like that was an interesting dynamic, you know, from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people thought that MLL people, as far as players, I say rather, were really against the PLL. I don't think that's totally true. Um and it's kind of like an untalked about thing, to be honest with you. Like, in the locker rooms and stuff like that, there was no, like, can you, like, I can't believe they're doing this. Or, like, uh -huh. we just didn't talk about it. It yeah. was more so let's just focus on us. Um, it, but it's, a, it's certainly an interesting dynamic. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of, like, I didn't get to see every PLL game, and I watched some of them. But it was interesting to see them do something as far as how they would cover their games. And then the MLL would sort of just copy them but it was like what are we talking what? so like for example how they would get uh in-game interviews mm -hmm. right so they started micing up players and micing up coaches the pll that is yep. and they would get like right after a play would happen they'd yep. go interview that player yeah. or you know they'd, they'd interview the coach while the play was happening yeah and the mll did the that. mll kind of picked what? up some of those things gotcha. uh what they do didn't do any like in-game yeah. uh player interviews but they would do in-game coaches interviews They've never done that before. No. Um, but it was, I, I thought, like, I liked it because they're, in some cases, they're kind of admitting that, there's work damn, to be those, done. there's yeah. not only the work to be done, but, like, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, uh, that's we what I was going to ask. Like, what, is your, what are your thoughts on that level of, I don't want to call it invasiveness, but, like, um, it's... It's a little much. Yeah, like, if a guy scores a goal and then you're interviewing him right after, I get it. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a good sound bite. You get, yeah. I guess the the pro. If you're pro, having you you say okay, you can get into a player's head on the field. But in my it personally, in my mind, I would be like, shoot, what do I say here? Mm -hmm. And then it would have me like saying something, but yeah. I would really like not want to say something. Right. And it's like, wait, this guy's asking me yeah. how I did that goal, and now I have to explain and, it. And there were actually a couple interesting situations that happened, just like you're saying, where. I remember one where uh, Trevor Baptiste had was talking to them right before 
um, he was about to take a face-off because he had just scored a goal uh-huh. off the last face-off. And he's like, I got to go. Like, uh-huh. you know, and it was like, it ended up being kind of a funny clip because the situation was just so unique. But at the same time, I was like, there's no way that he's really like enjoying this about to be in, in a competition moment, like limelight. It's just, it's an awkward thing. Yeah. But at the same time, like it's, a t- it's, it's two-sided because they are in a position, they being the PLL, to try stuff like that mm-hmm. with sort of no, uh, there's no real backlash because they can just experiment as much as they want. Yep. Not that the MLL can't, but the PLL being this new model uh-huh. with an approach of giving the, 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 the users, the fans, a, a, a wildly different and more engaging experience. Definitely. And that's what they kind of promised, and I, yeah. I do think that they delivered on it. Um, with that being one of the mm-hmm. the, the core pillars yeah. of the uniqueness, right? And yeah. it's like if if it was something that really the players didn't like, I mean I don't know, like I didn't really talk to any guys in well, specific that, and be like, Exactly. Did you like well that? that's that what that's what weird. I was gonna get, I was gonna say that like since I'm a person who's like, I don't want that happening, then it that's e- an easy fix. We won't mic you up. Right, it's like Trevor Baptiste. If sure. he's a guy who kind of eats that up and wants to say a clever thing before he does, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and it and it's good, and like that sells, if you will. Mm-hmm. Then what's so wrong with that? I guess would be like my response to myself. But mm-hmm. I'm from my, a personal perspective. If they're like, "Hey, can we put this mic on you?" I'd be like, eh, "Probably not." Yeah. No, it's uh, it's also weird to think of it too when you put that same scenario into another sport. Uh huh. Like. Imagine them stopping an NBA game to ask LeBron. Yeah. But like, you know. Well, it's like if he was like running back, like, yeah, I just saw him in the lane, then I dunk. I'll be back later. different because basketball is so continuous. Yeah. Whereas we have those, you know, those lulls in between goals where you're, you know, you're on the field, but Uh you don't have to do anything for 15 seconds. So you could say something, right? But like, I guess you could compare that to like to like baseball. Yeah. Right. Where there's those. Oh, do they between. do that? They don't. But like, yeah. that just that just popped in. Well, my think head about as it. Like if it is that something might. that's like objectively better and more entertaining mm-hmm. and brings value to the sport and doesn't depurify it, then the that's that's I guess the argument. The part, NFL. Though. Well, the NFL. The NFL doesn't have to do anything right now, right? right. They're sitting pretty. Sure. But if if they could simply mic up Tom Brady after a play and. He could say, yeah, this is what happened out there, and uh, talk to you later, I'm going to go throw a bomb. Yep. And that drastically improved the product and was seemingly making it a better form of the sport. They would do it. Mm-hmm. But looking at lacrosse, there's no luxury like that. Lacrosse is looking to rise to the prominence of yeah, like an not, NFL. We're not sitting Yeah, so maybe, maybe there is some grounds to throw some of this experimentation yeah. in there. I but agree. the question is, like, where is that line? Mm-hmm. Where The purity know, of it, like you yeah. said. Yeah. Like, I think I remember one was uh, Marcus Holman right after a goal, mm-hmm. and they kind of came out, and you could see the other players on the field that were like, "Get this freaking camera off the field!" Like, you know, like, can we just play? You know, uh-huh. but there's a um, there's a good a good piece or a good um, they're coming from the right place. They're yeah. they're trying to make the user's experience better and, mm-hmm. and do these trial tests so I think there's going to be those little hiccups along the way as far as having that awkwardness of trying something weird like that uh-huh. but I mean I do respect it like it's a again it's super intriguing more than anything to yeah. see how things shake out like 
people often will ask me, do you think they're going to merge? Do you think? What do you think? What? I mean, I don't know. It's like, I don't yeah. freaking know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, if I, if I could look under the hood of both leagues at the same time, maybe I could formulate an opinion. But if it's not. If, you, if the option was proposed to, um, to get rid of no teams, keep the same amount of teams, and merge the leagues, do you think that would be a positive move? Or do you think that I, I having do. two separate leagues is breeding a competition that's necessary? I think, I think the short term is, the, is necessary competition. Um, but the question would then be, do you try to do the showcase roadshow model or do you have home teams? Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It, th- that's, the, that's the biggest toss-up for me, honestly, because uh-huh. I think there's, there's always going to be, in my opinion, a need for a home team. Like mm-hmm. People, at least in the Boston feedback loop, people were very – anti-PLL because they they want the home team and they they like and then of course I'm sure they did pretty well at Gillette and I know that they got a good amount of fans there and stuff like that and a lot of guys that I work with and girls that I work with went to the PLL when it was in Boston Mm -hmm. but I don't know I mean I think there's there's like I said there's never going to be no need for a home team like Mm -hmm. I think that would be that would be pretty sad if there was everyone was, was the showcase model and there was no home team situation but I do think long term there should only be one league yeah I, I would agree. say within five or six years I'd like to see only yeah league. and I think something you said earlier is something that resonates with me is like I have like a gratitude to the MLL now I'm just object like I'm calling it like it is like if the PLL is putting out better highlights which they are then the MLL should step it up. Like, if I want to see Marty Bowe's highlights and I go search for it, either they're not there or... In my, I don't have any highlights. In my, <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to find someone's highlights, there there's no game highlights. I yeah. can't find them. Occasionally there are some, and I'll be like, ooh, wow, they filmed this. Sure. Um, but I can call it like it is now that I'm not affiliated with either of them, but what you said resonated with me because the with the MLL, I was always like, this is... I'm getting to play professionally. This isn't a big sport, and I have aspirations outside the game. So this is a great gig for me to like do on the side, mm-hmm. and it keeps me in shape. Mm-hmm. And like I love playing it. And but I always had 80% of my mind was outside of the game, chasing something else. But that's why it's I'm not a good case study because the people who are spearheading this new league are people who are like we want to do this full time Mm -hmm. and not to say they don't have aspirations outside the league I mean the league itself is becoming a startup company so it's like whether or not you have aspirations outside lacrosse you're an equity shareholder in a startup company for sure so it's created aspirations from thin air but those players it makes more sense for them to be like they didn't have the gratitude they might have but they were like we can do better than Mm-hmm. And, like, if we want to do this full-time and set it up as a full-time endeavor that pays well for the next generation, this isn't cutting it. Mm-hmm. So that's why, again, when I talk about how I feel about the league, it's not what applies to, like, Paul does this full-time and wants to and wants to set it up for other people to do that. So that's why you said, like, how can you not respect someone who's like, listen, I'm one of the few guys who's even able to do this full-time right now. I want everybody to be able to do this. So that's but if you're the MLL, it's like, well, we helped you create a platform, sure. and where's your gratitude? It's like I'm gonna try to do it better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yep. the competition is necessary. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm with you. I was always like, getting to play pro? Yeah. This is phenomenal. Super happy to be there. Yeah, they're not interviewing me after a goal? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, so with you, uh, you play, how many years did you play? Eight. Eight seasons. Did that fly by for you, or does it feel like a long time ago? Flew by. I feel like it's both. Like, I'm like, Absolutely. 2012? I don't even really remember too much. Yeah, but no, that's a good point. it was fun. Um, so you're, for people who don't know, and I don't know how open you are about, like, what you're going through now, but you had concussion. Very open, yeah. Okay, yeah, you, had concu- uh, you have ongoing concussion symptoms, and I've experienced that too. But what, uh, what's that been like? Where, so first of all, you're stepping away from the game. Yes. At least temporarily. Taking a taking a break. I'm What's that uh, mentally like? How, was it, it was obviously hard. It was it was much harder before I did to be honest with you because I wasn't I wasn't being totally honest with myself with where I was at mm-hmm. from the concussion symptom perspective, but now that I've it, the moment that I really accepted that it was the right decision to step away for now was the moment that I really was able to take a deep breath and, and have a sigh of relief uh, knowing that I was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been interesting. You know, I've learned an incredible amount about concussions and mm-hmm. the recovery process and the diagnosis process, which is uh, where a lot of people, you know, are lacking the knowledge. Like, I, I just did, there were so many things I didn't realize um, based on how your symptoms get affected uh, on these different tracks, they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can like dive deeper into that too, but yeah, kind of. But there's like, it, it, you know, depending on what triggers your symptoms and uh, what the symptom ends up being, mm-hmm. is is just like one layer on how they can evaluate what the recovery process could be. Mm-hmm. And I think like people don't even know that you can do PT for concussions. Mm-hmm. Like you can. You yeah. Know? Like there's so many. Like when I actually. Uh, publicized, I posted that I was, you know, stepping away because of concussions. Uh-huh. There was probably about a dozen people that reached out to me that were like, "Oh my God, man! Like, thank you, a, thank you for posting that, but b, like, this is something I've dealt with too, and I never talked to anyone about it, and um, like, just kind of thank you, but also, can you tell me like what you're doing for recovery because uh-huh. I'd like to try to do something similar, and it was yeah. like pretty humbling." Uh, to, to have people kind of reach out like that, but it's been it's it's been a long it's been a long road of like there was a two year gap where I think I had like five concussions in a matter mm-hmm. of that two years, and there was probably close to ten before that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, were they ten like from like lifetime? Gotcha. And you were like, those are like, ah, that was probably a concussion right. or that was it in the moment? Like I have a concussion. Def- definitely Both. looking ba- Yeah. Definitely looking back on it was like, I know, like I didn't know what was going on at the time, but in hindsight, mm-hmm. that's definitely what was happening. But there yeah. was so much time in between those ones. Like, uh-huh. you know, I probably had one when I was younger, probably had one in high school, one in college, mm-hmm. one in my first couple of years in the pros. Um, and then there was just like a bunch yeah. that happened uh, in a row but you know the the there's limited data and limited uh like they can't tell you exactly when, yeah. what your recovery is going to be they just don't it's like know unless you have a severe severe concussion the mri doesn't even it's not right yeah they can just make sure you're not you don't have like internal bleeding exactly. and stuff like that yeah. but um all they really know is that the closer they are together the exponentially worse it is so 
I'm in a position now that I'm still I'm on the up and up <clears throat> as far as how my concussion symptoms are doing uh, like to date and so I've felt I feel much better today than I did two or three months ago where I was probably at like a two or three out of ten headache just like every day uh-huh. which was just like it was it was pretty a dark time yeah in my I, like, life, I mean I told you I sat out 2013 yeah. for and I didn't have as pronounced symptoms as as you um, are having but I was like once I had any symptoms and for me it was more like some sensitivity to light and then just not feeling sharp mm-hmm. um, and at first it was like like while you were playing you didn't feel sharp uh, just so I got one concussion at the end of the NLL season and then got a concussion two or three games into the MLL season and then so that's a short span yeah, yeah so like you said short window more than exponential one. damage yep. and it, I had some sensitivity to light but I just didn't I couldn't put ideas together as well um, which is something that I, I try to do often like mm-hmm. I do enough creative work to have a gauge right mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's you don't have to like sit me down and be like think of something like I try to do that anyway sure so when I couldn't do that I was like I think I think this is worse than I thought it was because mm-hmm. I knew I had the first one the second one I was like am I concussed I was dazed um, but once I had any sort of like I felt like my intellect I actually felt like my IQ dropped um, I was like I'm not playing and that was hard for me but it, it I value that so much more than like my lacrosse success that I stepped away pretty quickly but then I, I missed it hard mm-hmm. like three months into that you can't call up and be like hey I'm ready to come back right like, we had Rob Pinnell now on the team too and I was the ex-attackman the, the week before or the year before so it wasn't like hey I'm back for my job yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like uh, we got a new guy back there yeah. um but the concussion thing is hard because, like you said, when it's starting to bleed into your regular life and right. you're a bright guy where you're, you're also ambitious where you've got this outside business and, like, lacrosse is part of it, but playing it is a, is a fraction of your income, right? Yeah, for sure. That's an interesting point because what, what this sort of forced me to do was increase my maturity level with what I want to be doing outside of playing. Yeah. Like, I – every time I would think about the future leading up to – when I've accepted this, mm-hmm. it was always predicated upon like how I was playing. You know, I'd think about like the plays I'd be making, the, the stat, you know, the championships I'd win. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I thought about when I would think about the future. But now it's like, it's not like that's totally out of the realm of possibility because mm-hmm. I do think that I can come back. But, you know, I'd like to be cognizant in my 50s and 60s and, and be able to do uh, a lot of other things outside of playing of course and I think that was always in the back of my head but I was never sort of forced to really think about those other things that I'd like to be doing yeah and so there's the silver lining yeah exactly all right well so so now how are you spending your time because you still do like you're still very your stick skills are as good as anyone so you're still getting that fix if you will sure um and then you're spending your time you said coaching and then building a business out of that which now you're becoming like entrepreneurial minded and studying that craft if you will for sure I um the the coaching side of it was when I first started my business of coaching Mm -hmm. I really did it with the intention of allowing myself to be a professional athlete like I made my own schedule I could only book the amount of clients that I wanted to Mm -hmm. and 
it allowed me to take three, four hours a day to be a professional athlete with all the things that come along with that, getting better sleep, doing meal prep, stuff like that, and obviously training really hard. Now that I've obviously got a lot more time on my hands and now I'm thinking more holistic about how to use my skill set um it's 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 still about coaching but it's more it's more about how do i take what i'm doing now and scale it Mm -hmm. so that i can get my feet underneath me a little bit more from a financial perspective and then reevaluate on what the things i'd like to do um outside of just teaching lacrosse Uh right and making it more of a um a supplemental income, if you will, where I can do other things like, I don't know, improv, acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <laughs> you're a good actor. I mean, for I, the I, viewers, I, we, we, I mean, I don't want to, you got to keep rattling off your aspirations, <laughs> but I want to tell them you're a good actor. Thank you. Um, it was my we, first, that was my first yeah, time. Yeah, we, we shot a skit today with Marty and it's, mi- it's a mixed bag when people come in here to quote unquote act in skits that we do because they show up and they're like, I'm, I'm not an actor. And like, we're having them, you know, we're giving them direction. And it's like, they f- it's, it's a lot of pressure when a camera's rolling to yeah. try to say something. Like, what do I do with my hands? Well, yeah, just like, this is gonna be on the internet, say it cool. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you didn't sign up for this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not an act, but you, you yeah. are, you're good at it. And you also take direction well, which means like, you understand sure. what sounds good. If yeah, you I mean, well, it's, what so I, I do I, is all, yeah, I appreciate pursue that. Pursue the acting. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't really think about that before you asked. I, uh-huh. I just kind of spitballed with uh, improv and acting, but my my immediate big picture ambition is, is really predicated upon the coaching, where mm-hmm. I'd like to make as much of a, an impact as I can, because I, I truly think that I can make a positive impact, and that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really kind of as simple as that for me, but you know, I can only coach so many kids in a day, so I've taken steps to scale my business online with video content teaching specific skills and asking athletes to provide video of them performing those skills so that I can give them feedback Mm -hmm. and it's totally like a trial right now but I I really believe that I can keep iterating it to the point where it can become a machine that I'll be able to still coach you know the clients that really want to work with me but for the kids that don't live in the boston area i'd like to be able to offer them something if they're interested Uh right um so i mean you know the other things the other things i'd like to do i really don't know right now i could end up getting into college coaching i could end up going to engineering i mean Mm -hmm. i don't really know and to be honest with you i don't i don't really care too much right now it's more so about trying to execute on what's right in front of me yeah well it's like, it's kind of like you said, it, this is forcing me into a maturity where I have to figure out what I'm, so you figured out the short term, this is what I'm gonna master now, and you're like, where am I gonna be in five years? I don't know, but I'm gonna get really good at this. Sure. Um, you actually mentioned yesterday, like what, I won't s- say the price, but like what you charge for a private lesson, and I was taken aback, because a lot of the private coaching from MLL guys or different pros, and I've, I've had people give me money at, uh, for coaching their kid and I'm like I, I, here's money back like I've, I've d- one guy would give me more he's a great guy um, 
And he'd be like, here. And then I'd be like, no, that's too much. I mean, you're standing right there. You see what I'm telling him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Most of it is silence. And then, like, I'm intervening to tell him to do the reps differently. Right. And obviously, there's some mentorship there. But, and then give the money back. And I, f- I feel like the, when I hear what most people charge for a private lesson, it mm-hmm. is wildly high. Mm-hmm. And you could say, well, I'm a professional. This is what I charge if you want to perfect. And then it's like, well, how much difference is there between like a high school coach showing you how to shoot and then like me and you? Right. It's like the high school coach is probably going to teach you better fundamentals than we are. (laughs) But not you. You're a coach. I don't want to throw you under the bus here. Can't group you in with me. No, but But it's a good point because that's, you know, a high school kid coaching a youth kid might be better for that youth kid than, than you or me just mm, because they, they associate level, yeah. more with that. Like it's a little bit more intimidating for them or whatever. But I mean, you know, I'm pretty open about my pricing scheme. Like, mm-hmm. like I charge $80 for a one-on-one lesson uh-huh. in my time. That's, that's a good price. It's a good price. It's a yeah. good price, but I'm looking for longevity, right? Like I'd rather have that kid once a week for 10 weeks than uh-huh. charge 150 and only get them twice. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other piece to that is I've started to develop high school kids as coaches for youth, right? So uh, now yeah. I, can, I can keep that price at the same rate, uh-huh. even if I have a high school kid coaching the youth kid and it's still fair, Yeah. right? Because now he's teaching the system, I've taught him or her different ways that I, I would like them to teach the skills uh-huh. and what I really want them to get across. So it's still within the the boundaries of sort of my business model, mm-hmm. but it allows me to take steps back from always being the one who does the coaching, and and start to again develop my skill set as a business person. Yeah, and you, you we were talking about club lacrosse yeah. um, yesterday, which is you know it's become a way different than it was when we were young kids. Mm-hmm. We played for our local town, maybe a travel team, but it was more all starish. It wasn't your primary experience. What do you think about that whole scene? It's like... It irks me. Yeah. Like, just plain and simple. I, um, I, I do get involved with uh, one club in particular just from, like, a contract basis. I'll, I'll uh-huh. run some training for them and stuff like yeah. that. But it, it, it's sort of the, the, the amount that clubs charge for one season or one year uh-huh. to be with them, yeah. to me, is ridiculous so let's it use, blows my yeah, mind yeah so let's like that's what bothers me like i think it's a necessary evil because uh-huh. kids need to play in the off season uh-huh. if they really would like to continue but there's no guidelines as to how how much you should get for that yeah because membership or, or you know when you break it down package. by lesson for example eighty dollars gets you an hour when you break it down by, what do they do, like a fall season cost, whatever. X amount of practice. How many hours do they get for that? So say it's 2500 right. bucks. Right. At your pricing level, what's 80 into 2500 Who's a math guy? 300 who knows? Yeah. <laughs> 30 I mean. It's a bunch of time. Um, yeah. uh, but that, they definitely don't get that many hours. No, no. It definitely doesn't break down that way, too. But there's also the value of, of the exposure team that you atmosphere. could get the team uh-huh. atmosphere and learning stuff like that but the exposure of potentially getting seen you know by a college coach or something like that and the the value of if you're with a club that has really good connections with the college coaching world mm-hmm. and you're the type of player that might fit in at a school and this in this club coach makes that connection 
that's all you know how do you put a price tag on that like yeah. it's, it's really tough right okay. so that's because um, they do add that value it, definitely it, it is there but it just it's something again i think it's a necessary evil like I, I don't tell kids not to play club i just personally have found this separate path that i'm sort of trying to forge for for my own business uh-huh. outside of club just because i i i think it'll add more value in the long run giving kids another option uh-huh. to, to work with someone like myself but yeah. not have to commit to playing for my club team. Yeah, and I think what, you know, the real losers are, like, local teams, right? It's like we had our local team and there's no pressure to do any otherwise until, you know, at least high school. Mm-hmm. I think I played on a club team starting in, like, eighth grade, but it was, like, all-star-ish. It was called the Long Island Metro team. But we had we had that local team, and now no one plays on a local team. And but the kids, so say you're the best player on your local team, you're gonna go and play on a club team, and you're gonna be better than you would have been if there was a local thing, mm-hmm. because the competition is better. You're trying out for this team. Your teammates are the best kids. Coaching from all, is better. Exactly. So who loses out? The local team, and then you get these fringe players who would be on a local team because not everyone needs to be an all star. Mm-hmm. 80% of that team is people who aren't going to play on a travel team. Right. So who loses out? 80% of kids who are playing lacrosse for yeah. fun and not to, yeah. I better get on this team to go to this school. No, it's interesting. It, it, there's a, a couple factors at play, too. Like, I do think you're right, but there, there, a lot of those kids do play for their town, at least in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could be entirely wrong. The, I'm just <laughs> theorizing. They, you know, what, what they do is they have, they have uh, what they call classic. So that's like, uh-huh. any, you know, you just play. There's two teams, and... In, uh, in the Mass Bay Youth Lacrosse League, which is one of the main leagues in Massachusetts for youth, when they make two teams, if you have enough kids for mm-hmm. two teams, they don't make an A and a B. Mm-hmm. They just do two teams. Yep. But they also have select. So they have town select, where that is obviously you try out, and the coaches select, and that's that's taken a little more seriously. The, practice are a lo- the practices are a little more serious. But, but it's a local team. But it's a local team. See, so I you're know. playing with your town buddies. My main lens into this world is that I have young cousins who are from the same hometown town as me, mm-hmm. and they do play on a local team, but it's you know it doesn't light their eyes up like this tryout for this other right. Long Island Express or these other teams. Um, so question: Did they for in Long Island in New York? Uh-huh. How much club lacrosse is there during the spring? Oh, I think I I'm not as dialed into the scene but i think there's a good amount really because that's uh, that's where that's where like it's it's going to take a step in I a, think an aggressive direction like you're saying where like soccer for example uh-huh. they they have year-round club where uh-huh. kids are not allowed to play for that like if you play for this club like we need you at practice every day you can't play for your town gotcha. where in lacrosse you can play you can be a part of the club during the spring but there's only like two or three things that you really need to be at uh-huh. otherwise you're you can be at your town practice pretty consistently some kids opt out to play town because the coaching isn't great and yeah they just you know they'd rather just train uh-huh. and, and do that couple events type uh style for the spring but it's uh that would be a step that lacrosse might take in yeah. the near future of gotcha. during the spring i'm only playing club i'm not what playing. about for the school 
Like Exa exactly. School. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I, like gotcha. it could, it could, it would go all the way through the high school gotcha. ranks where kids wouldn't play for their high school team. That's wow. that's how it is in soccer, which is yeah. Wild. So and I don't think it's approaching that in lacrosse on Long Island, but I think I just know that like any local team, and I'm, I'm any season, whether this be conflicting with the school or otherwise, the local team is secondary to the travel teams. That's all I mean. Agreed. Is that like even if they're still playing local? It's like, uh, well, push comes to shove. What two, practice are you yeah. going to? Club team. For sure. So it's like, who loses? I don't know if that means the club team loses, but yep. they're playing second fiddle. Yep. I agree. Um, is that good for the sport? I'm not entirely sure. You'd know more than me because you're... I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's bad for the sport, but... We'll go with the necessary evil. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that uh, what ends up happening is like this ripple effect where the parents of the players think that there's this need for their kid to be on that top club uh, team and yeah. there's this whole world of kind of the politics behind getting their kid onto that club 100%. team right <laughs> yeah. but then also like they're so invested uh -huh. in seeing their kids you know make that team that I've seen on many occasions the kids burn out because how into it their parents are yeah and it's one of those things where you know if you if you love lacrosse and you want to take it super serious and, and you'd rather play for the club team than your town team, I have no qualms with that. Yeah. I I just don't want I don't want it to turn into something that creates a culture of greed and, you know, like jealousy of yeah. whose kid made what team. And these kids are in freaking like fifth sixth seventh grade yeah it's like i remember i heard i heard you talk about this on, on one of your past uh podcasts as well where like you know they and it's a little bit better now but they would be asked what college they want to go to uh -huh. when they're in that age bracket fifth sixth seventh eighth grade yeah. like and oh if, like what college do you want to go to like different dude, do you even know what kind of doritos you like, like exactly what that's you, what like yeah so it's like don't worry about it but you know? i feel like we had that but we would say it almost with the glimmer glimmer in our eye in a dreamy way mm -hmm. and not like methodical so like right yeah i'd love to go to duke sure I but used to like watch mikey powell highlights all the time like oh that'd be so sick if i went to cuse but like exactly and then the next moment i'm playing you know football on the football, street whatever. but it's not like oh, i better be going to duke laying yeah. down like well i hope i get to duke and i sure. feel like now with this club t like you're you're where you stand on the lacrosse spectrum is so like quantified at every level like a b c do you make this club team it happens at such a young age that they shouldn't be worried about mm -hmm. like if they're even on. There shouldn't be sure that that's, level of stress. That's, that's on one them. of the things that I tr I try to position myself to to balance it a little bit. You uh -huh. know, it's obviously happening at a very large scale, and I'm only working with so many people right now. Mm -hmm. But it's something that I I really do like. I I try to sit down with the parents and the player together to have a conversation similar to this to be like, what are your goals? What are your dreams and ambitions? Mm -hmm. Just to see if they've thought about it, type of thing. Um, but do my best to try to put it into context that like, look, man, like you could not make a team till your sophomore year and then you have a growth spurt and you really focus on your skills and you go to one showcase or you go to one prospect day at a school and you're in. Mm -hmm. And like that, that could be your route. You know, it doesn't need to be I'm on the double black A team mm -hmm. my entire youth career. And like that's the track that I have to take to get to where I want to go yeah. because it's just not true. Yeah. It's really not true, and uh -huh. that's and that's how kids end up burning out. Um, there's just so many different ways that you could get to where you want to go, and I think we put too much of an emphasis on 
the teams that you're making at these younger age levels where it's just really bingo it's taken it's taken a bit too seriously yeah to, to that's my man like my main advice is like you shouldn't care about that it never works but they continue i mean out. you're you're right but how do you how exactly. does that how do you yeah. get that to sink in yeah. you know like it's it's like it's johnny your girl troubles don't matter like you'll realize <laughs> in the long run that doesn't yeah. comfort little johnny no, in that he's just, he's heartbroken not, he's moment still rattled yeah um just on a side note what because i've said this before but i take note on people with their phones and what they're doing mm-hmm. and you have a you're building a social media thing so you're you're kind of like a in Deemer classes position where like mm. you're starting to get going, you're yep. building a following, like you're tr- trying to find the balance between like, well, what is this going to be? I'm mm-hmm. going to make a podcast. I'm going to make a YouTube channel. What are your thoughts on just social media in general? Like, are you, are you going to necessarily evil me again or what? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, um, I, I've got a, I've got a pretty consistent stance on social media. I, I think nice. everyone needs to do what's right for them. Like, a lot of people are starting to talk about how social media is like this terrible thing because kids are spending too much time on it where like a decade ago people were freaking out that people were playing too many video games mm-hmm. like it's just it, it, I, social media I think is an opportunity like we've never seen in the history of, of human existence. Because like to destroy us. <laughs> no, like literally just because I've personally been able to, through social media, interact with people from Uganda, exactly. from Australia, yeah. from London, and I'm just sitting, you know, uh, in Quincy, just typing DM in or whatever exactly. on WhatsApp or on, you know, Instagram DM, and it's this incredible opportunity to, to be able to reach a wider range of of people in a much quicker and more scalable way. Um, But that's the upside. That's the upside, you know, and obviously the the downside is you can spend a lot of time just scrolling and wasting. And I, it's something that I have tried to get better at. I Mm -hmm. still do it. Like I catch myself scrolling and, and I do my best to be honest with myself. If I catch myself, like stop. Uh Right. And a lot of people will be like, all right, I need to delete my Instagram off my phone for a little bit to get used, you know what I mean? And then like ease their sel- themselves back in. Um, a little rehab. With, for me, like growing the business side, I don't really have that, like I have yeah, yeah, to yeah. sort of Well, that's why you're unique, you exactly. Now. You can't just yeah be I mean, too cool for it like no, I try to be. definitely not. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting, man. There's there's so much we could talk about it on it, but. Yeah, it was more. it's more like, obviously connecting with people from Uganda, coaching lacrosse, um, connecting with your players, are, those are all positives of social media. I think that some of the downsides come when you're posting things for the wrong reason. So you're looking to, you know, get an absolute blast of pats on the back in mm-hmm. like 30 seconds. You can't get that in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, if I want 80 compliments, I gotta like spend like three yeah. weeks getting there. I could get that real quick with the with the post. For sure, and and that actually ends up spinning off into like self esteem issues. Exactly. For young well, kids, yeah. Well, yeah. For young, they're totally. You know, yeah. God bless. Good yeah. luck. But, and I think it to preface that like if, if I were to like why do you like Instagram? Don't you get that it sucks? That's not a good approach because that's not true. Because <laughs> yeah. I actually get a satisfaction from from positive feedback on mm-hmm. the internet. The question is, is that good? Right. So if you were fat and I was like, why do you eat donuts? Right. Don't you get it? Like yeah. that, I, the real thing is like, 
yo, I love donuts too. Yeah. And like, it feels so good when you eat a donut. Yeah. But like, that's not good for you. Um, and this, that's what I, the approach I take with social media is like, get off there mm -hmm. because. But I think that's a good point. But for you, not get off. No, no, no. I'm not saying get off there. I'm saying when people are using it in that fashion, not yeah. No, I hear you. You building a positive no, for coaching sure. yeah, brand no, is not the downside of social media. Definitely not. I think for you, it, it that makes perfect sense to me what you just said because you know yourself well enough that you're better off spending your time going deeper into your work without getting distracted because you're working on creative, uh, like real creative work that you need to like dial in mm. for hours at a time and really avoid those distractions, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's, it's a self-awareness thing, yeah. I think. Uh, but it is, it is interesting too from a, um, the perspective of self-esteem that kids or, I mean, adults too, will either post or avoid posting because they're worried <laughs> yeah, they about will. how many likes yeah, they'll get. Yeah, this thing's not going to pop you know? off. And like, I yeah. catch myself doing that too. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, perfect at this thing. Uh -huh. Like, I, I don't have that many followers. Like, well, I do okay. Exactly. Like, let's be honest. If you know? someone posted, if a girl, if a guy and a girl posted a picture together and it was like, we finally did it, I'm yeah. engaged, and it had one like, <laughs> I'd be like, damn. Yo, I might get, yeah. I might get my boys together and sure. like, even if I didn't know them let's like throw them like four or five likes yep. just because that's the one like on there <laughs> <laughs> here I go saying you shouldn't judge like don't care yeah. about the like count but right. like, that is built into our culture now sure. it's like if you post something on the internet that's seemingly visible by a few billion people yeah. and only one person throws you a pat on the back yeah well, that's that's that hurts. I, I don't know the timing on it, but I've I've heard a lot of uh, conversation around Instagram making a move to get rid of yeah. the being able count. to see the like yeah. count because of all these issues that are stemming from that. Um, I've I, I wonder how they would do that. I mean, obviously, how many likes? Do you, uh, the problem. So if I download Instagram and I go on, which I go on Instagram every couple of days, I check it, I check my DMs, I try to, like I see if my mom posted a picture because I gotta like that, my girlfriend posted a picture. Um, but it's become so much, like it's not even a natural feed. Right. Like half of it's ads, mm -hmm. and then like half of it is like, I don't even wanna see it. And I th here's another thing about it. They don't know if I'm looking at a photo. So say I'm staring at a photo and I'm like, this person is the worst. And you're just like basking in it. Like, I hate this person. Why do I follow them? I would if they weren't the type of self-conscious person who's gonna see that I unfollowed them. Right. Put my phone back. Instagram reads that as, he's just stared at this person's photo. He didn't stop scrolling. We need to show more of that. Right. So sometimes it's like, seeing what you hate, I feel like they feed you more of it right, because right, they right. think you like That's it. Interesting. They don't know that I'm just like, yeah. Basking in hatred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I go on there, that keeps me off because yeah, they keep yeah, showing yeah. me this. Half of it's ads these days. Right. Like, I just want to see pictures of my family and friends. Sure. And that's all. Mm -hmm. But it's, it feels like it's moved entirely outside of that and become so. Yeah. They're suggesting too much. Like, right. I don't need you to tell me what pictures I want to see. <laughs> I already clicked and signed up. The algorithm. Yeah, like, I told you who I want to see. Why are you changing it right yeah <laughs> I, feel like I don't know man yeah a little bit of a wormhole there but yeah. it That's is right. we, well we got into last night me and marty were hanging out last night we got into some of these things about 
social media. The more content you put out, right? So you probably are balancing this. How many videos do I make? How many podcasts? How many posts? Mm -hmm. Especially longer form. The longer form video you're making, the more rarely you have to put it out. Otherwise, it goes down in quality. What were you calling it yesterday? Uh, fast food. Too much content. fast food. Yeah. yeah, it's like you can't make a video every day. Otherwise, you're vlogging. Right. And what is vlogging? Filming every single moment, trimming the fat, and yeah. making me try to think it was a good day. <laughs> uh, my day was bad. Yours was bad. Don't try yeah. to throw this video in yeah. here to make me think that yours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're you're trying to balance like what your content's going to be, how much of it you're going to put out there. But it sounds like you have a really positive outlook on it. Like you I do, I do. What I'm working on right now too is. Oh yeah, why don't you like plug your what you're working on well, so that way people can check you out. Sure. I mean, it's uh, right now I've taken a step back. So anyone who's followed me for a while and really pays attention to what I'm doing, which is a very small amount of people you're looking at one yeah <laughs> uh, I, I really haven't been posting as much lately uh -huh. um, I've taken that step back from playing and then been able to focus on developing my my scalability for the business which is going to translate into more social media content for sure but I'm trying to focus on what I would call like my pillars mm -hmm. so I want to be saying four to five consistent messages you know, hard work, you know, creativity, believing in yourself, building your own confidence, maybe some goofiness, um, and then being super consistent with that on multiple different platforms. Cause mm -hmm. for me in my business, like I just, I made a TikTok where like there's mostly younger kids on TikTok right now. Oh, the, the app TikTok? The app TikTok. What kind of stuff do you do on there? It's, it's similar to Instagram in, in that, it's, is that it's like a short content. form video? It's short. Is it like a vine? You can do like similar to oh, vine. is it like the? It was. The, you can do the longer music ones app. once you have like like more followers and stuff like that. They so give it, you more. Yeah, they give you more more time. Wow. It's interesting. Just get more popular, Marty, yeah. and we'll let you talk. It, I mean, so I, I follow this guy called Gary V. So a oh, lot yeah. of people know who he is. I know who from, he is. Yeah. So he's like the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs, and uh -huh. he gives a lot of practical advice as far as what you should do from a content perspective, mm -hmm. if you're selling stuff online mm -hmm. and it's all like anytime I watch some of his content I'm always like frick I need to be doing more mm -hmm. you know because I don't like if someone says oh you post too much be and like your shit's fast food like I don't really care mm -hmm. like if if I made less content and it was longer form and deeper but I ended up getting less views mm -hmm. Again, not, I'm not tying my self-esteem to it, but my bottom line will, will not be as good Definitely. as if I made fast food type content and I blasted it every single day on every platform I could. It might be, you know, the TikTok thing that someone clicks my profile and that's the person that ends up changing my life because they see an opportunity to, to utilize my skill set for whatever, you know what I mean? Definitely. So like, well, yeah, that's like, Someone who's uh, making um, really deep documentary scripted or um, high production quality videos on YouTube. They put out one every two weeks. They have 200,000 followers. They're doing it as a side gig. Vlogger, insert whatever his name is, makes a vlog a day, literally just rolls the camera on his life, says like, ah, and then like cuts in a sound effect, has. 10 million followers and is making more money than 
the other guy's whole family tree. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who's winning there? It depends on your outlook on life, obviously. Mm -hmm. I personally don't like the <laughs> second guy because he's not committed that to could put, be me man I don't he, know. no well you're like you said it's your business yeah um and it's not what you're doing is is less creative work and it's more like mentorship sure. and like helping people um but when it comes to creative endeavors it takes time to foster a good deep mm-hmm. layered idea and that's why there's a difference between the guy who's bitter at the vlogger um, right so it's but the the people that's pumping it. stuff out are yeah. making more money. But that's so an it's interesting like, thing you said too. Like, how do you define who's winning? Exactly. Well, is that's it, that's what. Yeah. You know? So say you're on that side and you were like, I like to cut up a video every day. I have a million followers. You don't make any money. And I said, well, your stuff isn't good. And yet, like, right. neither of us are correct. But I would say, like, my answer to that would be, which of those two people are genuinely happier? Mm-hmm. Like that, like that for me, like that's actually like I kind of stole that from Gary Vee type, like, but yeah, so it really sunk in with me because that that is success to me. Okay, that, so like, that's what if my video it. is I do rap videos yeah. and I rap about maybe drugs and I'm happy as a clam. Yeah, but I get a three million people watching them. Isn't it also about the people on the other end? Sure. So if someone's watching your fast food content and wasting yeah. thirty minutes, and someone else puts out one video a week that people are actually bettering themselves or it's stimulating their mind there's definite nuances there Definitely. where it's not just I think are that's you an interesting point you make because that would be more so like someone's legacy like because the person that's making those videos that maybe are uh, not appropriate for for people and it's 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 instilling you know mm-hmm. from a generalistic perspective bad values mm-hmm. but that person is super happy Mm-hmm. themselves right yep, yep. I think that's that's a really interesting predicament because in a sense that person is winning at life because they are happy mm-hmm. but their legacy like if they wanted a legacy of they made a positive impact <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. then then they're probably not happy though you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they and kind of go also, hand in hand like, e- even if the person was say they make 30 minute vlogs every day and it's trash it doesn't stimulate the mind at all but five million people watch it i'm sitting here saying that's a waste of time that's Mm -hmm. five million people times 30 minutes times like what are they doing but Mm -hmm. they like it Mm -hmm. so who am i to be like and that's just a difference in how i think people should spend their time right and that's the same thing that applies to the people making the videos it's like, why are you How, spending your? T- why don't you spend more time to make one better video? Well, they're like, what? Because I don't like it that way. How I'm, much? How much do you? How how strongly opinionated on you are on like how you think people should be spending their time? Uh, if they're close to me, pretty okay. Pretty opinion. All I'll right. just like speak my mind. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm definitely from like not, a general population perspective. I though, don't like, think people spend their time valuably, but that's my, that's would I do that? That's what it is. It's not like, should you be doing that? I'm like, well, I can only think if I would do that. Right. Probably not. But that's just me. You know what right. I mean? That's where it becomes like, you can't just be going around to be like, you're wasting your time here. Sure. If they're your loved ones, even then you got to tread lightly mm-hmm. because it's like, save it. Like, well, it's this more is about my... like asking the right questions, right? Like trying to probe the right why questions. Why are you doing that? Why, yeah, <laughs> asking them why, but like, even not even saying like about that particular activity of like say someone watches in our opinion too much YouTube videos Mm -hmm. and they're not getting better per se right Um, it would be more so beneficial to ask them 
not about the YouTube videos or why they're doing that, but ask them about what their goals and ambitions are. So like, that's a huge part of what I do mm-hmm. in my business. It's turning into more of like, I've, I've gained more skill in like the, the philosophy side of things and like mm-hmm. the psychology side of things because at the end of the day, like I'm trying to build someone's confidence. Yeah. And so if I can ask them the right questions as to what, what they envision for the self for themselves, a lot of times they, they haven't thought about it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so it's like, of course you're going to waste time. Like who, like if you're watching a ton of 30 minute vlogs that add no value or you're scrolling through your feed, watching fast food with no value, like which, which waste of time is really worse. Right. And if, and if you're, and if you're someone who hasn't thought about what your, longer term and and bigger picture vision is of how you'd like your life to be. Maybe you've thought about, oh, that'd be cool if I had that, or that'd be cool if I could do that. Mm -hmm. But then like strategically being like, well, how could I get myself there? Yeah. You know, but sometimes it takes someone else to to ask you that. You you probably have to go through that repeatedly because you mentor so many people. I more meant like if I'm close enough with someone to know intimately their ambitions because they've stated it because I know them that well. Then, then I you know have, if you're with, yeah, it's like, hey, you told me you're going to do this. You have but grounds like, to call them out. You didn't do it. And, yep. so, and definitely I don't have a grace with this. Like I just be like, <laughs> why are you doing yeah, that? Yeah. Um, but you're right. If, if you're mentoring a young kid, you can't just be like, you're wasting your time. Like, hey, wh- what do you want to do? Right. And like, oh, well, you know you could do this, and that's a more valuable way to spend your time right. for sure. And it's definitely a better route to have people like you. <laughs> definitely. definitely. Um, and I think it's a, a more, like it's a kinder approach. Or at approach. least respect your opinion. Yeah, and so, like, let's be honest, sometimes, like, if I find myself on YouTube or Instagram or things that I, under normal circumstances, deem is a waste of time, mm-hmm. it's because I'm, like, anxious, depressed, or, like, I'm just looking to get out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, this is trash, <laughs> but I'm going to shoot up on it, yeah. and it's, it's going to take me out of this matrix. Right. Um, so that's what you don't know about your average Joe sitting next to you. He could be on there because he doesn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's where you need to tread lightly. If you don't sure. know someone... You know, don't say anything until yep. you're at least get to know them. Yeah. Um, so you're along these same lines. The reason that that even pops up, a, a conversation like we just had, is because you're kind of into, like, improvement mm-hmm. and treating yourself as a project. And like you said, you're an entrepreneur who's trying to figure out that mm-hmm. and get better and better. What kind of stuff, like, do you have any podcasts or books or etc that you listen to or recommend because you said earlier that you were reading a book because you heard mm-hmm. someone who you sure like reading it and that's how i find half of my books really is i look in the footnotes of the book i'm reading gotcha gotcha i uh i've been reading what people would call self-help books for a while now mm-hmm. like my um my business partner his name's joe drain he's the one who runs compete strength and conditioning so he many many years ago sort of had an impact on me that was like hey like if if you have these ambitions for real like you got to get better at a b c and d go read this book go read that book and it'll help like one uh, one great one a, a while ago that he recommended to me was how to win friends and influence people mm-hmm. that's um, a famous one right? that's a famous yeah. one yeah i think uh, Dan, uh carnegie i believe oh yeah yeah Dale Car- he's like a he's definitely like a huge name yeah. in that world, right? And he's, sure. is he, he's been, that's an old book, right? It's older, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and at the core of it, it's kind of like a sales book in a way. Like you're, mm-hmm. it, it's how to, 
make people feel comfortable and, and yeah. again influence them in a way that you'd like it's almost like a yeah, strategic yeah, yeah. type of thing but it, it has a the title can be like can be like I don't know it sounds kind of manipulative yeah. <laughs> but then <laughs> in a way it kind of is but, you know but well it I mean you know if you have good intentions wouldn't you know exactly it's it yeah yeah, yeah. That's if, it's gonna happen either way if, right? if like, how to win friends and influence people if you think if I see Marty over there and I'm like damn he looks pretty cool <laughs> I win friends yeah like I want to be your friend sure. like I got to go over there and influence you what if I want to influence you to be my friend right and then to like keep it as simple as that yeah, yeah. so like the name can be yep. like well I don't know it sounds like yeah, some yeah, Machiavellian yeah. stuff <laughs> but really it has good concepts yeah. in there no it does that that was a great one for me uh, to kind of kick off things but I'm not a great reader so I speed wise or speed wise like it takes me a while to finish uh-huh. a book whether it be like I have ADD pretty bad, like mm-hmm. I'm easily distracted. And so I really have to create uh, a distract-free environment if I'm gonna really crank out more than 20, 30 minutes of reading at a time. Uh-huh. Um, so I have been getting into more of the audio books and podcasts, so I don't listen to anything super consistent, but one guy that I have uh, listened to a good amount would be Tim Ferriss, just because he, he gets such a wide range of different type of people on his podcast yep. and so I've gotten a good amount of recommendations from that most recently there's two one was the book called getting things done uh, the art of stress-free productivity mm-hmm. which was like a home run for me personally uh-huh. because I have never been organized in my life like I've like there's all, almost every single day at some point I'm like frick I forgot uh-huh. to do that or I forgot to follow up with this person or oh my gosh like that's not you know I, I need to be I need to change gears real quick because I have to scramble on this thing I need to get done or whatever like that's a daily thing for me and so that's really helped organize what I had in my head mm-hmm. on literally onto paper and allowed me to clear my headspace to be more creative in the moment knowing uh-huh. that there's not something that I'm missing yeah. right now I can really just dive into what I'm doing right now and to be honest with you I think that negatively affected my lacrosse play like for sure because I can vividly remember on multiple occasions whether it be practice or a game that I'd have a thought roll into my head of like oh man like I didn't email that guy and I'm like <laughs> you know I'm like about to take my shift and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, I probably shouldn't be thinking about that right yeah now. or anything yeah so exactly so that uh that's been helpful for me, and uh-huh. then I, uh, we talked about this a little bit last night, too. I just started listening to the audio book, The Oxygen Advantage, and it was I got that from the Tim Ferriss podcast, mm-hmm. too, as well. But Breathing through your nose. Breathing through my nose, and the, the advantages of limiting how much oxygen you take in uh, so that your body gets better at producing red blood cells and using Running it. on less. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah do, doing more with less. That's kind so, of... But yeah, like we had talked about, a lot of people have been talking about that. I told you I've tried it. I'm definitely not consistent, but you can tell it's doing something. Like it, 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 it basically takes whatever cardio activity you're doing and makes it 10% harder. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe even more than that. But mm-hmm. like, I'm like fully out of breath, and I have to, and I have to break like right. one, two or three times during the workout. And you realize like, okay, it's just, this is just working me harder. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. How can we get from here to New York on less gas? Right, right. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, no, I know it's big for endurance athletes and stuff uh-huh. like that, but it's uh, it's just super intriguing. I don't know if it's like an innate thing, but like you said, I 
I have looked at my both my athletic career and mm-hmm. my more so like intellectual side as a project mm-hmm. um, as an opportunity to to keep making baby steps like kaizen type stuff you know where did the light just go out? i don't know i think it did but we're yeah. good um, <laughs> um but that i think that that again that's not something that is is innate for everybody like mm-hmm. that i was forced into that because if i didn't have that approach i never would have played professional lacrosse yeah it was it was either get better consistently or do something else yeah i actually got backtracking to that and so in doing my research of you, I found you got you scored a game-winning goal senior year, and you guys made the tournament. It's kind of like my experience because we never made the tournament until senior year, and that we lost first round, just like you. So we're both. Uh, Let's go. I guess you'd call us like we're average. Um, <laughs> but uh, I in that video, your sticks. I could tell your stick skills from then till now are like crazy better. It's actually kind of disgusting when I look back and watch myself in college. He, yeah, you put it more, more harshly than I did. No, I'm just kidding. But I was like, <laughs> is that true, is that Marty? Yeah, it's true. Um, but you swept like, right left and then you scored the goal. Yeah. But I was like, damn, this like, guy has gotten. It, like, you've went you went from like a like a swift power dodging like get the alley and kind of keep the stick low to like a very graceful stick handler. So obviously that's a product of that mindset because for, sure. for most people the improvement in their stick skills would have happened earlier. But I'm kind of like you, too. Like, my biggest jump, I always had a good stick, but, like, I got better and better Mm -hmm. after college. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And that's that's a product of you just wanted to get better and better with your stick. No, I appreciate that. It's it's true. Like, when I go and look at anything from back (laughs) in the day, I, like, I cringe. It is like, oh, my. Like, I'm not even holding my stick right. Uh You know, I kind of relied on my athleticism and speed and change of direction which got me into open spaces and, and mm-hmm. every once in a while I'd hit my target, but there was never any like real strategy behind how I was releasing the ball or anything like that. I was just, I was never taught. Uh-huh. Just um, athletic. Uh, just like, af- yeah, just uh-huh. sort of naturally athletic, but that only gets you so far. And, and I think that actually is, uh, it makes perfect sense based on my come up in the professional ranks because my only playing time was as a defensive midfielder uh-huh. for the longest time. And I started to sniff two-way reps and then even offensive reps towards the way, you know, yeah. recently, the last year or two, maybe three years, where I started to play a little bit more offense. Yep. Um, I test a lot of that to literally uh, watching videos of you play wall ball and then, <laughs> and then mimicking, <laughs> which it just – it's I'm, one I'm of those ha- things where – I'm you, happy that – yeah. That, that I was able to be a part of a positive <laughs> yeah. social media experience. You're welcome. Yeah, you know there I mean? you go. Tucked amongst those uh, ads and bikini pictures well, that you stumbled upon. There's wall, some wall good video. stuff on there. You just got to look for it. <laughs> but uh, there's there's just something to be said to to the fact of not being satisfied with with like the plateau of okay, like this is my role. Let me just sink into this role. Like I always had a desire to grow my role mm-hmm. and, and make it more off. I just like scoring goals more than I like stopping them. Like yeah, just yeah, personally, yeah. But I'm always baffled that they get enough people to play defense. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Why do you even want to do yeah, that? Yeah, like, but I mean, but then you became kind I of became like, a you were no, your yeah, last year, like, but you know, but then your, your, oh, yeah. your last year in the MLL, you were an omid. 
Yes. So yes. it's like that is that evolution of you, right. A, doing what you want to do, but B, getting a lot better with your stick to the point that they were like, maybe we should put them at the other end. Right. No, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting process that I've gone through personally, but the, the, the humbling experience that was, okay, like if you want to play at all, like you're, you're playing the midi, and as soon as you get it over the half, like get the frick off, you know, like you are on a tight leash. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was 2015, we had, uh, it was the year that the Cannons played at Gillette, and Coach John Tucker was, was our leader that year. And one of our first meetings, he was like, you know, like, I want to push transition. Like, we're going we're gonna to really push it. Even you, Marty. And, like, everyone, and like everyone laughed. Like, he was, like, kind of kidding. But at the same time, I was like, shit. Like, I was like, all right. Like, that was embarrassing. But, like, so sick. Like, now I have a green light, you know? Yeah. Like, and then, like, it became a running joke that, like, my nickname was Green Light, you know? Like, That's hilarious. It was such a subtle jab yeah. that he might not have even intended. No, it was. Even you, Marty. Yeah. Well, yeah, I. I didn't go from defense to offense, obviously, right. but I had a kind of a similar – I came in, ex-attackman, did well at that my first year. Team changes, sit out for a year, come back. We have Rob Pinnell. We had we always had Palasek on the wing. We had a few other guys. But it was like, all right, well, I'm not going to be the ball-carrying role. So that was actually the turn. It was mm -hmm. 2014 for me when I was like – I was an off-ball guy. So then I started playing more wall ball, and I started. And I still remember in when I first came into the MLL, um, one of the Lizards coaches was like, Gibson, his name was D-Lo. He goes, you got hands like a surgeon. Because I was playing like a little bit off ball. We had Ryan Young, and I was playing more off ball than I ever had. And I guess I was getting to showcase a little bit that like I can like really quick stick it and like handle and like do more, react creatively off the ball with mm -hmm. my stick in terms of like catch it, uh, split dodge, catch it, face dodge, catch it quickly around the world, whatever. But he's like, you got hands like a surgeon. And it, that's kind of how he sounded. At least that's how my yeah. memory is painting it to me. But I never really thought that I did. I was like good at like tricks, but I was never like, ooh, I can like catch the ball. And use that and as my primary. It, like, it wasn't. Yeah. I was the carrying dot, beat the yeah. guy, pass it. And my off ball goals were uh, fast break, standing on the pipe, quick catch stick it shoot, in, which yeah. I was pretty adept at. But I never thought that I was like, oh, I could be like an off-ball right. good. I could be good at this. Yeah, yeah. And that that was the turn for me. And gotcha. then by the end, I was I was kind of like the even you guy where it was like if the coach would be like, their defense is literally terrible. Everyone dodge today. Even you, Giddy. Yeah. <laughs> so was like, I was that level of off-ball right, right, by right. the end. I, I shifted a little bit more into dynamic dodging in my last year in Atlanta, but then I had some injury issues. But in my – latter years with the lizards it was like i'm gonna catch it from yep. like rob and score it hopefully yep. um but yeah i kind of had that like pivot to a new sure. role too just like you um, but did you when you uh that pivot wasn't like you didn't have like a vision of being more of an off ball guy it was more of a reactive pivot yeah like my my real move probably should have been and i don't want to say this in a regretful way because i loved playing in new york and i got to live at home and then do that whole yeah. thing here there here there um but it was like i should have went to a different team mm. because I, I was like i was an ex-attackman and i i don't know if i had the most points on the team my rookie year i in the mll but like I probably handled the ball the most during the games that I played. And it was kind of that thing where I was like, well, let's see if I'm any good. And then right. I was like, wow, I'm good. I think, <laughs> I'm, I, think I can do it. Yep. 
And then I got Rookie of the Year, so I was like, wow, I think they think I can do it yeah. too. It wasn't just a personal delusion. Uh, but I should have went to a different team because, right. like, I enjoyed my time in New York, but I think I could have had a route where I continued being a better version of the player that I already sure. built up. Um, it's interesting. But the upside is that I've now got uh, internet glory because I got good at wall ball, mm -hmm. like we talked about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, let's get into That's that. That's all we have. Let's get, yeah, let's get, we were joking earlier that uh, we're retired now, so basically we just throw the ball against the wall. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the wall ball thing yeah. because you are very good at it. Actually, we, for people listening, we played a, a horse game, and Marty not only won, but it was like, I would call it a blowout. It, it wasn't super close. Yeah, it was, a, it was like I only did one successful attempt, and you did, I get at least five or six. Um, so you're very good with your stick. You're very a, good I on the- I had a good day. You're very good on the wall. Well, but I don't think you did. I think you're just good. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't like I did that bad. You did some things that I was like, damn, I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that. And then you won. <laughs> um, but what's the, uh, what's your outlook on that? And I yeah. see that like you preach it to kids yeah, and whatnot. Definitely. I think. There's, uh, there's a lot that we could talk about on that front. I think from a, from a big picture perspective, the, one of the big reasons I love it and that I utilize it so much is that you can, based on how far you are away from the wall, almost practice any skill. Like you can work on shooting form. You can work on on the run shooting form, jump shots. Mm -hmm. You can work on inside finishing. And then obviously like the stick skill category is pretty vague, but you can really, really yeah. get specific with how you're doing what you're doing. And there's no other way to get more repetitions in less time mm -hmm. other than playing wall ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, what I've, what I've tried to do is get more specific, at least with my clientele, of how I want them to practice on the wall based on what their strengths, weaknesses, and goals are. Um, which is just, it's cool to, to have like one go-to thing that I know based on what they need to work on and, and, and where they'd like to be. Mm -hmm. I have an idea in my head of the types of drills that they should be doing. And if they trust me and, and, uh, and are motivated by me, then, then they'll do it. Yeah, I never really thought about that you could work on shooting. You just move farther back. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a whole nother world. You work on that outside shot. Well, for me, it was always, because it's interesting to get, like, for me, I just did it because um, I was never like, ooh, I'm going to get a really good stick here, and it's going to be, like, I'm g it's going to bleed over into my game. It was more like I'd come in here and throw it, and it was a creative, meditative activity that, like with any other thing that I do like that, it's not fun once you're doing something you're good at, right? It's yeah. like the, f the flow state is that sure. that intersection of challenge and comfortability. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm, I need to sufficiently challenge myself, otherwise I'm, I'm not getting the fix, mm -hmm. right? Um, so when I would come in and do it, I would just zone out and mm -hmm. throw the ball and keep throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing it. And got better and better but I was never like oh yeah this is going to be perfect for like That's this super interesting. it was more it was more yeah. just to like a create did you guys have at Yale did you guys have like a wall ball test like that you guys would so. test no. so we, we did that at Hartford where we had a, a 30 second timed test for lefty and righty that 
we would all have to do and, and you kind of get that. like i don't want to i don't think we did i don't it wasn't <laughs> yeah. a big thing sure mm-hmm. but that was sort of my introduction to wall ball like ah. i really didn't play wall ball before that yeah, yeah, yeah and then when i started playing there it was okay well you either need to get better at that or the coaches are gonna you know look down on you mm-hmm. but it was always in a structured like okay i need to get this many reps in this much time like i really didn't have fun with it have fun with it (laughs) until i started trying to replicate what you were doing Uh like that's when it turned into more of a flow state opportunity Mm -hmm. to lose myself in it whatever you want to call it right where i just all of a sudden 15 minutes would go by and i'd be like what just happened you know that's and that's uh, the most valuable part of it for me and obviously the, the lacrosse thing is that you did get better during that for sure you like you didn't planet but and you're in a flow state but like you got better but for me I don't play anymore yeah. but I still come in here as often doing that so like I'm chasing I'm not chasing anything really I'm just chasing the fix like the flow yeah. state maybe it's like I could just get the same I should just if I want an escape download the Instagram app and just yeah, scroll just, I get the yeah, same get thing the fast food, yeah. it's a an aerobic quasi athletic form of yeah. a checking out on reality yep. um, and entering that like and it, one thing that you definitely have that like is like a proprioception and awareness of where your body is in space, um, and you can tell when someone like plays lacrosse if they miss a pass where you're like, ah, eh, would have had it. Uh, you don't miss those. You you handle them. Yeah, I think that's like from a confidence perspective. Mm-hmm. Once I started to get better at wall ball and be able to catch behind my back and around the world and you know just like the bounce fakes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it turned into a mentality of like if it's within a stick's distance of me, like, you catch it. Yeah. No matter what. Like, uh-huh. And that's something that I've tried to pass on to, to the younger guys where it's so easy to be like, dude, don't freaking throw that pass at my feet. Yeah, where like, exactly. You know, because when, when I work with groups too, like, you, you see that where as soon as a bad pass is thrown, immediately someone's like, dude, what the frick? Mm-hmm. And I'm, what I try to do is I'm immediately like, well, dude, why didn't you? why haven't you practiced catching shitty passes? You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in a game, like, what is getting mad at him for a shit pass gonna, gonna, how is that valuable? Yeah. Right? And if you can take the approach of no matter what gets thrown your way, you're gonna catch it, which is, in some regards, if you haven't really practiced, that's just complete blind confidence. So I'm not saying just uh-huh. think that way. You do have to practice it. But yeah, yeah. a goal of getting to a level of confidence because of wall ball uh-huh. that you feel like no matter what when a ball gets thrown at me if it's within a stick's distance and plus one step uh-huh. I can get like I can Bingo. make that and play yeah that that's where I think catching's hard it is but, but people it, I'm like what is when the you, sometimes someone like, would like throw a ball and like it bounces and it goes out yeah. and it's like come on dude and it's like going the other way but sometimes someone throw one of those to me and then I catch it, no one says anything. No one's like, oh, that was a sick catch. It was more just like a regular play. But when you miss the pass, it becomes, that was really bad. When you mm-hmm. catch it, you never get the credit like you handled a really bad pass. It's, just, it's your job to catch right. the ball when it comes to you. Um, with Which wall ball... Especially I think, in your position. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. if I'm not catching it. I had one game in 2000, I think it was 17. I couldn't catch it. <laughs> like, I couldn't figure out why either. It was like a little cloudy or like a uh, foggy, so I was like, "Is it the fog?" Or like, <laughs> um, and I literally didn't catch a ball. We're talking about wide open on yeah. the crease, 
like apologizing like yo dude i don't know that not you and they're like i know catch it um and then i got I know it's not me yeah and then I, I got taken out and then like I, I think we were winning or it wasn't a neck and neck game so i think the coach tried to put me back in and i was like dude did you see me out there like yeah. i li- i can't catch I got glasses. That's when I got glasses that week. I went and I realized, and then I wore contacts to the next practice, and I was worse. So I realized it wasn't my vision. Like, I, I was seeing too clearly with the contacts where I'm like looking at the bleachers. I'm like, wow, there's like stuff all. It wasn't Does my that ever vi- happen to you when uh, like you're too open? Like you'll yeah. make a mistake. If you get like a doorstep shot, you just like throw it at the goalie stick. 100%. Where, like, you're triple teamed and you find a way to bury like 100 percent if you throw me a, a dead-on pass to my stick there's a lower percentage than like a 30 percent bad stick, pa- like, yeah i'll yeah. just like inst- i think it's what it does it brings out instinct right it's is if it's mundane might get a little bit yeah. of that blind confidence if like, it, exactly oh, if it brings this, out the, the instinct i have the instinct the it's when my mind right. wanders elsewhere that i'm really not that good <laughs> seriously i didn't catch one ball in a professional game yeah and I'm supposed to be the guy who catches balls. Everything, right. Yeah. And I had to, like, check myself, like, well, what happened there? Right. So then I got the contacts, and it wasn't that. It was all mental. I don't. I still don't know what it was that game. <laughs> I was going to ask you, did but, you ever really figure it out? No. I think it was, like, it Just was more like if you don't check in and, like, like, be focused, you're not that good. That was what it was for me. I can be better um, with the ball unfocused than I can be without. Because there's just that one split second that the ball's coming to me. If I'm holding the ball, I got all t- I can waste half of it, lean yep. on them, yep. and then like turn it on. But when your job is a split second, right. it's way, it was way harder for me. That's why the mental game of playing off ball was hmm. harder than being a ball handler. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't know many other guys. Maybe uh, Matt Poskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play with Matt. him. He's great. Yeah, but like there's there's only so many guys that really played that role like you in Matt Poskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's, it's, and that's probably, a, I mean, it's a testament to you, man. Like, the, the level that you got to of being able to make that play consistently and and getting to the point where because you weren't catching the ball one day, like, it was like a what-the-frick type of yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. dude, it's, you know, most – like like I was saying earlier, like, catching is really hard. Like, I actually yeah. say that pretty consistently. It's so impressive I think when people – Catching on the run while you're being pressured – might be the hardest skill in the game of lacrosse. Like, yeah. I, I, I actually firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Yeah, that's why box guys are so impressive. Right. And, like, you know who's really good off ball is Will Manny. But he's also yes. good with the ball. Yep. And with he's the number one lefty, in my opinion, in on the uh, attack lefty. Yeah. I would just probably take – I love other players' games too, but, yeah. like, haven't watched him. He also came to New York when I was still on the team. Right, and I was right, like, right. shoot, this guy's going to be the lefty attackman. <laughs> um, but it wasn't – there wasn't a bitterness there because at that point it was kind of like, well, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wasn't like, gosh darn, like, don't you – can't you see is, it? Yeah, I'm better yeah, than yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, I'll play some MIDI. Yeah. Um, on the box. That's all right. Yeah, but he's a guy who you watch too, and he's got, like – catches everything even if it's a bad pass he catches fast passes and he he can just quick stick it right right. um so he's a guy who who can do exactly what i did but also does other things he's like 2014 me before i (laughs) crumbled (laughs) um but yeah you're probably one of the in terms of getting back to the wall ball thing you're definitely the best person that i've ever seen at wall ball 
You've watched yourself, right? He, yeah, but like, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think we, us having, a, us having a conversation is, uh, it, like, I can talk to you yeah. and I know that you get what I'm talking yeah. about because I've watched you and I'm like, oh, yeah, he gets it. Yep. Um, but getting back to that, we were talking about this earlier. It can become like, it definitely gets conflict. Like, p- kids will be like, Gibson's the goat on like, a, <laughs> like a wall ball video. Yeah. It's like a. A, no, I'm not. And like B, <laughs> I was that was like an hour into throwing the ball at the wall. Yeah. C, I'm alone. There's no one guarding me. Yeah. Um, and D, my goal with this is not to like tell you that this is what you ought to be doing. Right. Right. It's like this is t- so secondary to yeah. the sport of lacrosse. Yeah. And if you can bring some things from this to help you catch any mm-hmm. ball or improve part of your game, but to confuse throwing the ball while listening to uh, binaural beats yeah. <laughs> on repeat yeah. and uh, successfully catching it behind the back is what you think is the apex of the sport, right. then I, I'm, I, I'm having a bad influence sure. on you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so like sure. we talked about a few times in training camps for me, like after spending the off season throwing the ball against the wall, yep. playing less lacrosse, someone would throw me a pass and I'd like go to catch it behind the back or do something that's inst- like would work alone on a wall but then it doesn't work on the field and it's a heinous habit Um, and then having to revert and be like what am I doing like and having to be like well I need to throw the ball against the wall less because like now I'm getting bad habits yeah so like how do you what what's your philosophy on that like well that's I mean that's I don't think I've I had that much of a problem with it because Mm -hmm. I never played an off-ball offensive type of role uh-huh. like my only opportunities to to really make things happen was dodging in transition or really just dodging in general right like my catch and shot is is good mm-hmm. from like a step down perspective but yeah. you know I don't think I built trust with teammates to the point where like if I was a little open they were like friggin send it to Marty like I never yeah, really yeah. got to that level uh-huh. but I definitely know what you're saying as far as going into that flow state catching behind my yeah, back yeah, consistently yeah. Uh-huh. and then stepping onto a lacrosse field and having to be like don't catch like don't even try to do that like just yes. just catch the ball you know um I, like there was never a camp like for me personally where i like would try to do that like uh-huh. i never even attempted it yeah but i do vividly remember having to consciously avoid it like it was something that I that came through my mind like oh it would be pretty sick yeah like uh, that would be a dope highlight yeah you yeah know? <laughs> if, I, if I pulled that off like catch a BTB and faking around the world and, like exactly but, yeah but then I'm like Marty you're you're a you're a D midi who thinks you're a two way midi like what do you like <laughs> just go like friggin Marty you know, pass it to the yeah, attack yeah like and give it get out give it to friggin Kevin Buchanan and get off the field like that's you know. yeah I get well. I was in a particularly bad position to confuse the two because yeah. my job was to catch it right, and right, right. like score it quickly. And then I would like, even with some shots too, I'd like do it around the world and I'd miss it. And yeah. it was tough because I would actually be like, dude, I sh- practice that all the time. Yeah. So like when I miss it, people are like, dude, stop trying to do the cool tricky thing. And right. it's like, yeah, but like I really practice that with intention sure. to like score it. So yeah. that actually, that one doesn't apply here. Definitely. It's like, I did that because I thought it would work. Right. I didn't do it because, you know, I had I a bad habit. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and like, sure, maybe I would have scored it this way, yeah. but I didn't like find it that egregious yeah. of a play. But I, there were times where like I had to like 
really check in mm-hmm. and like revert back to the fundamentals a little bit more yeah well i'd never go full <laughs> fundamental yeah. but like it just bores me too much right, even right. like throwing a regular pass i'm like eh. <laughs> it's not even about how it looks how about how it feels right it's like that didn't feel good yeah you know and i think uh it's an interesting topic for for me just because getting better at those type of things like added a swagger if you will to, yep. to my overall like presence on the field yeah where i was like bought into being a d midi when i first came into the professional ranks mm-hmm. and really getting better at wall ball and really box like yep. i credit yeah, a lot yeah. of it to box too yep. like playing more forward yep. in box yeah um allowed me to be like no like i can do it all like i uh-huh. can i can dodge i can catch and finish off ball yep. um, and i can play defense too so like it added a, lev- a level of like confidence that I just never really had before mm-hmm. in, in my stick. Yeah. Um, but I never, I, I was never in the position of like really having to reel it back into mm-hmm. the point. Like, well, you will at an alumni game yeah. coming up very <laughs> exactly. soon, or what? You're, yeah. I'm telling you, and yeah. that's when you get more ambitious right, and right. risky because yeah. you're like, who cares? Yeah. And why'd you try to catch it behind the back? Well, because it's the alumni why game. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. We're supposed to lose. If we win, it's That's bad for the team. Yeah. We won the alumni game. Did at, you? At Yale this past year. Yeah, How'd we won uh, nine eight. That was like one and two maybe. Very average yeah. uh, game <laughs> for me. But we had like Ben Reeves and, I mean, that helps. Even just having him. Yeah. It's like all right, your team might win. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So when you put play men's league. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna send but it. But when you're get when you're being paid to do it, and then suddenly yeah. you try to do something tricky and you miss, it's like you're not getting a paycheck. Yeah, that's an interesting line there. Yeah. Um, shoot, I was just gonna ask you about. Uh, oh, you mentioned box. Yeah. Um, what what box experience do you have? What you played for the U.S. team, or you played? Yeah, uh, oh, you a, played in the that uh, Lanai Cup. Lasnai. Lasnai. Yeah, so they. I think this is this is the first year I, I'm not playing in it since uh-huh. its inception, um, but I've just been so fascinated with box lacrosse since I found out about it. I never played until my first year out of college. Mm-hmm. Like I I knew of it. We would quote unquote play box at school, yeah. like during the winter in the gym and whatever. But yeah. like the Canadians that, that were on our team would just be like, "You guys are." Trash. They were like, "You guys don't understand." Like, <laughs> This is like, you know, we're all running down the alley. Yeah. And whatnot, but it's like, I can't exactly explain to you why yeah. you guys are terrible, but you're not playing this sport correctly. Yeah, and they would give me, like, real advice, and I'd be uh-huh. like, dude, I don't understand what you're saying. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I just yeah. don't get it. Um, so after college, started playing in a men's league in Boston, mm-hmm. which is pretty competitive, and, and there actually are a good amount of guys that have real box experience and know yep. what they're doing. So that was super helpful. And then went to... I've gone to an NLL camp. This is this upcoming winter will be my first time not going to a camp. Uh-huh. How many years I, did you go to camps? So, so eight. You went to eight, eight years camps. of camps? Oh, damn. So you got boxing so experience. So I got a lot of experience. And, like, uh-huh. I think only that first time around was, like, after the first weekend, they were like, yeah, don't come back. Uh-huh. And, like, every time after that, I would make it a little further. And I think by my third year and then three through eight, it was like I was right there on the cusp, like mm-hmm. almost making it, um, and just didn't end up, you know, cracking a roster. But then there was a lot of opportunities, like you said, the Lasnai tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a stint with the U.S. team, mm-hmm. didn't end up making that cut. Um, and were you running? Were you running D or O for the U.S. I was running transition. O. Okay. Um, 
but that's kind of one of the, the, the storylines of my box career is am I a trainee or am I a forward? Mm-hmm. Most people would say, including myself, am I, I'm a transition guy, you know, for sure. But I can play forward, and it's one of those things where, like, because I'm a lefty mm-hmm. and maybe the numbers weren't right, it made sense for me to bump up. But then I wasn't getting the, the transition reps that I probably would have needed to really make those teams, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not that I'm kind of blaming that, but it's just it, it's a big factor in my box experience. Yeah. Um, but it's the 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 challenge of it is is so attractive to me, where because I don't understand all the nuances that mm-hmm. the Canadians and the natives know because yeah. they've been playing it for so long, and the challenge that is trying to be six like when you score a goal in box. It's like no other for me. Yeah. There's no better for us. especially when you're scoring on a real box goalie. Exactly. Like, like yeah. Uh, like someone who, who played, of Canadian not someone citizenship. Who picked it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, or Native or, American. Or, or Native American. Like yeah. those guys are so good, and when we start shooting on them, it's so easy for them. Like yeah. They like they just know what we're doing because we've always relied on shooting hard to a good spot. Yeah. I don't even talk, do like, that. Shoot I just away. Chuck like, it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I never, I've never yeah. aimed, but I'm so with you on. Yeah. When I first played box, uh, I was astonished because these guys on defense transition, my stick was ten times more, was ten times better and more refined. But when they went down on a fast, like a breakaway, they'd bury every time. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, how far is the fact that I can go lefty, righty, and do the? Who yeah. cares? But I can't score. Right. So it's like clearly. Like you said, there's a nuance to this yeah. game that, like, is bi- they're on autopilot. Yeah. This guy, like, can't even cradle, and he's burying on the breakaway. Yeah. And I think <laughs> I have a good stick, and I, I can't score. Yeah. Um, so that was, like, intrigued me heavily, but what was also very frustrating. Right. But I was the same way. When I would score a box goal, it was like, like I can't imagine what it would be like to get, like, three a game. Yeah. I guess it would lose. Then it, that's the double-edged sword. Right. Then it would get, like, wouldn't be that special yeah so we're I mean, better people for being bad scorers <laughs> because we get a big dopamine blast yeah, exactly. when we score those goals i mean the guys i mean if you are scoring three goals a game like you're a volume shooter mm-hmm. like those guys are putting up 15 to 20 shots a game right yeah like and, and if on a good day they bury six yeah right but um you gotta be you got to earn that yeah like there's just... only like one maybe two guys on every roster that yeah. can do that uh-huh. without getting a lot of pushback from the coaches or even other players right Uh like the times that I was playing transition if it wasn't a clear-cut opportunity like those guys would let me know yeah yeah, like dude don't shoot that Uh yeah do not do that and it was it always kind of blowed my mind like then I'd watch some of the shots that were you know just for volume for them that hit the goalie in the chest pad and I'm just like well, I could have done that. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, yeah, But then yeah. the ones that they do score, I'm like, all right, I, I couldn't have done that. There's no way. 100%. No, I know. So Sometimes when they score with, like, I've talked about, I forget who I was talking with this about on here, but, like, they just score with such conviction, and, mm-hmm. like, the, they do something, the goalie dips, and they put it right where he, like, moved from. So it was like the first move was to get him to move off the top corner, and then they bury that corner. I've never done that. Yeah. Like, I've done that. On fast forward times a thousand, where I'm on the crease in, in field and I do a quick twister, so yeah. I pull him off the pipe. But the goal is six feet. Yeah. Like if I explain that concept to someone who's never played lacrosse, they could probably do it. Mm-hmm. 
like literally a stranger. I'm like, yep. yo, get him to step this way, and yep. then like slam it into that enormous net. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. that hard. No, um, but in box, it was like, wow, this is gonna be. It's a little sliver. Like yeah. Well, I was basically like, shoot, I gotta ask some questions. Mm-hmm. So that was never my thing. Mm-hmm. I would. I don't want that much coaching. I'm all set. Yep. In box, I had to be like, yo, what are you? How do I? Yeah. Get, how do I score? And the right. problem is they've been doing this since they were five. They're yeah. on autopilot. They're not. So then you got to ask the coach, and he's like, dude, I'm pe- you're literally in a paid pro league. You're asking me how to score. You're supposed to be a good offensive yeah. player. So that's probably why I only played one year. Well, yeah. I mean, playing, playing more defense in box was probably, if not the most humbling mm-hmm. thing for me. Like, my first couple experiences was, like, I was running around with my head cut off. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know where I was. Uh-huh. Like the ball would move so quickly, and then I'd get backdoored and or or put into a two-man game, and like I was completely lost. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I liked coming back to it. Yeah, I don't know why, but <laughs> it uh, was a whirlwind. I yeah, didn't know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, but but even just getting a little bit better at it uh-huh. felt so good, you yeah. know, because then I'd get that into that same situation, and and uh, I think those guys. Uh, the Canadians in particular are, are really good about giving you a pat on the back when you do make a, a, a step in the right direction. Good At least job, for buddy. me, like yep. they kind of they took a liking to me and they thought I was a nice guy. So when I would make a play, like mm-hmm. they'd let me know too. So um, there was there was a lot of moments in my experience in, in training camps that I just got such a sense of pride because I was like, this is something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. I'm 26 years old and I'm learning so much you yeah, know? yeah and it's like that's that's pretty cool like i i, I just personally really enjoyed yeah. that aspect yeah and it's like you have the the skeleton and the fundamentals and the athleticism to obviously do it right it's almost like making the jump from uh for me i do a lot of screenwriting and i'm like yeah, i'd like to write like a book but i'm so used to screenwriting which is like the most concise form of writing you don't describe every detail of the beam or describe your thoughts. I don't mm-hmm. say, Marty feels down on himself. Mm-hmm. No, I have to just say, Marty's sitting at a table. You can't read your mind in right. a screenplay, but in a book, you can do whatever you want. Sure. So, like, I've sat down to do some writing in books uh, of, like, getting a book started, and I'm, I don't know what to write. But at the same well, I know I can write. So it's just like, I need to, like, find that talent in a new form. Right. And, like, going into the it's NLL, good, I was like, it's a good damn, comparison, I, yeah. Yeah, well, it was like, I, I know that I have overall better stick than some of these guys. And even the guys who were Americans that were veterans, a guy like Mitch Belisle, um, who you played with, mm-hmm. played years in the NLL and MLL. When I first came in, he was better at scoring on a breakaway than me. Mm-hmm. But, like, Mitch doesn't have a better stick than me with a short stick. You know, it's not right. how it's – right. I would say that that's a fact. Sure. But he was better at scoring. And Mitch was a, probably one of the mentor type guys that I was like, yo, Mitch, like, how do you, yeah. is there something you're thinking about there where you're, can you tell me what to do so yeah. that I can score? But really, as it went on, it just became like comfortability and like less thinking yep. and basically ridding yourselves of the tendons, ridding yourselves of the thoughtless shots you can do in field. Yeah. It's like shoot with a little bit of intention, make the goalie move, stop thinking. Right. That's what it was for me. Right. And like... I mean, the, uh, the, the mid-range in box, the mm-hmm. mid-range game is where I, I really noticed the difference where, like, I was able to start utilizing what I would call, like, a leaner or, like, a twister yeah. and, and, like, 
get like I you know I would see it work where mm-hmm. I, I would distort my body and the goalie would move and I'd shoot to where he just left and uh-huh. it would be like whoa like this really does work but for me I really had to think about it like I, I wasn't I wasn't on autopilot like you were you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, this yeah. wasn't this isn't innate for me like yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to really focus on okay like, like I'm gonna try I'm gonna do this yeah. yeah like I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up I'm gonna get him to do that and I'm gonna do this where like you know I'd like to be able to get to the level where I don't have to think about that who uh-huh. knows if I ever will but like that's just it, it's uh kind of like a unicorn type thing like I watch like some of these guys play I watch Lyle play and I'm yeah. like dude like that is poetry some, like I, maybe people I, I might over exaggerate it but like I just think it's so incredible how easy he makes it look yeah another yeah. guy like we were talking he about, is it yeah like, he's you literally I mean? it he's, like yeah. we're talking about Zed Williams too like, yeah, I yeah, played yeah. with him in Boston this uh-huh. year and just the how easy he, he makes it look you know it doesn't it's not easy. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. There's a big guy. He's got a long stick. He's going to yeah. beat you up. He just is out there and flowing. He just floats. Like yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. No, I know. He's one and of it's all, I definitely attest it to box. To, for, in general or for, for those two? In general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general. I just, think. I mean, comfortability in that much pressure like and space. Like, how many guys space. do you know that are able to do that in field that don't, that didn't come from box? There's not many. Like I don't like I can't think of any like any like the guys that Pat don't, Spencer had a had a. Uh, but he, but if he played box, he'd be good. He probably would. You know what but I mean? But he, like, he he had a, a like a poetry type of game, yep. like very come to him, react to the moment. Yep. And but that's a rarity, right? Sure. If if he didn't play any box, I don't know the kid. Yep. Um, then he's just really good. Yeah, that's because you're yeah. right. It cu- a lot of it comes with being really good in confined spaces right. and like it, it's chaos in yeah. box that was the main thing for it me really it was is. like when I go out there it wasn't just that I couldn't score I'm scared yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah like it doesn't matter where the ball is you're just gonna get crossed yeah and moment. I'm like these guys are all so mean but they're not yeah it's like you just literally like assaulted me out there and they go okay buddy are, are you all right I'm like no <laughs> you hurt me bad no, I didn't know good. that that I'm was part good. of this deal I don't know if I can make it yeah um but you're right. A lot of the people who can play like that in the outdoor yeah. game, and you can see people getting, like Schreiber's, crazy good now. Yep. Not that he was, he was already crazy good, mm-hmm. but now he's got you know he's doing twisters, he's yep. doing casual behind the backs. He's always been good, but now he's the best. It's on another level. Yeah, and that, I think that a lot of that came with the box and the fact Agreed. that he's just one of the hardest working guys out there. Yeah. Um, here's a random question: What do you think your average Joe thinks, thinks about lacrosse? Your average Joe doesn't know that there's pro lacrosse. Mm-hmm. What about just the, sp- the sport? Oh, they definitely don't. Know don't about know. Uh, most people don't. I'm like, yes, like before They're paying people, you for that? people like, hey, what do you do? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, Well, I struggle financially, this, but yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> there's this thing, and it's professional lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. And I have to kind but of. But like, like just the sport itself. Yeah. So not like, hey, have you ever heard of the MLL or PLL? Because they're gonna say no. Um, but like the just the sport what do you think your average is is it a positive is it a negative is i think it's it, i think it is positive but there is the uh what's the word i'm thinking of sort of the um stigma the stigma of like the lax bro that's that's pretty you know what i mean like yeah. I, i've i've always sort of hated that and mm-hmm. because i was like 
people were like, oh, dude, you're such a lax bro. And I'm like, Am yeah. I like, I, well, I'd always say define it. Well, that's like when people right. say it kind of has the hipster thing. What's it? Yeah. Well, what's a hipster? Because like sure. people will be like, ah, oh, she like gets mad at people because they like don't recycle. What a yeah. hipster. It's like, no, nah, I think that's just like a good person. Um, right. So I'll be a hipster if it means that I like recycle. Right, right, right. But you're right with the lax bro thing. Sometimes it's like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. And a lot of it is like not caring. Yeah. Maybe? I guess. I mean, like to some degree, I really don't care. But mm-hmm. to, you don't to, care about being called that. I do care about that. I meant I, uh, to some degree, I don't care if people have that stigma. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but I, um, I also like feel pretty strongly that it's it's not true. Correct. Yeah. So like. For me personally, like I was more of a basketball guy in high school than I was a lacrosse guy. I knew I was better at lacrosse than basketball, and I knew I had a better chance of playing at higher levels in lacrosse, but I associated more as a basketball player, mm-hmm. and so I was sort of in more of that clique, and I sort of embodied that more. So when people were like, oh, you're a lax bro, I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not. Like, you clearly don't know me, but you know, at the same time, like, frick like there is that stigma and then you know when you start to see some of the content that's on i think it's it's less now but i do think uh that that stigma still is very much alive and well yeah and so that that's one what pretty big downside what what would the if you were to say (coughs) a lax bro what what top three dashes what that means what what would they be like Lazy. just saying the no uh, like 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 the the accent of like yo dude like oh, kind of like man. it's almost like like surfer esque right like yeah okay so you're talking about like yo you stink you stung like, top oh, jets dude, like, man yeah, you freaking like oh man like that was a sick twister dude like yeah it's almost but, like were, are there people like that that do it as so. a non joke yeah I think so and they're yeah they're always down at the end of the bench where right. it was like you don't even play right well those are the ones that they're there to get the gear. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, like there's always one or two yeah. people on a team that like they are so hype yeah. to have the helmet. Yeah. And, like they like wipe sh- a scuff off their stick. Right. It's like dude, you get scuffs if yeah. you play. So like, are you trying to yeah. play or right, do you right, just right. want to be over here? <laughs> yeah, but I do think that the average Joe, at least um, to some extent, sees that lacrosse players in general are really good people. Mm-hmm. Like there's, for the most part, more engaged, like for, compared to other sports, at least in my opinion, my very biased opinion, mm-hmm. there's more engagement with the community and the fans in the lacrosse world. I don't know if the average Joe actually knows this, so, but I do truly believe that there's more engagement with the fans and the community mm-hmm. in the lacrosse world than in almost any other sport because it's so small and because we know that there's such little people that are truly bought into this culture uh-huh. that yep. there's more gratitude. And so, like, I think, I know, you know, I, I don't want to bash other sports. Like, I, I know that a lot of other sports do this too, but there's a lot of emphasis on, like, getting getting visits to, like, children's hospital and yep. getting, you know what I mean, uh-huh. Get, getting a yeah, kid yeah, yeah. to join the team as an honorary captain, you know, who's yep. dealing with some special needs issues and, and like, there's like that's always been a look a part of lacrosse in my experience at least where i don't always see that in other sports but again like i'm mm-hmm. super freaking biased so do you I'm, think um because this is like a just a textbook lacrosse comment <laughs> espn video of lacrosse yeah number one comment number one not only most frequent comment but the most likes not even a sport 
<laughs> all right, so when I play that sport and I see that, I'm like, all right, well, some yeah. people out there saying it's not a sport. Yeah. I'm like, it's definitely a sport, so right. I don't get where they're coming from. But a lot of people are agreeing. But yeah. then, like, this isn't even hard. Again, like, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. And it was, it's always frustrating because, like, why do they think that? Because right. they, clearly they haven't played it. Yeah. But for me, my – I had friends who I was way more athletic than and, like – They'd like, I feel like, so, look, if you're going to pick a sport that like someone could be relatively not that athletic and shine at, lacrosse is definitely not it. Mm. It's so hard. If you're playing defense, forget about it. You can't be unathletic. That's an interesting point you make, though, because I do think that wasn't always true. What, like, what? As far, like as far as being able to not be a super good athlete, but still be really good at lacrosse. Oh, okay. You so that's I mean? changing. I do think that's okay. changing. I, I, like, definitely at the high school and college level it's always been that way in the pros but yep. like the one of the things that like I, I do really like about lacrosse is that you can you can tailor your game to your athletic ability uh -huh. um, you're probably going to be limited with your longevity of your career and the, the heights that you can reach but you could be decently unathletic and get really good stick skills and be mm -hmm. pretty effective at the youth and high school levels you know which I think is cool but like yeah I didn't mean to like ruin your point there, but no, no, no. I think it's a valid. It's a valid. Thing. You're right. I mean, I'm a good example of like I just admitted not too long ago that like I wasn't in. Like I became a finisher, and yeah. like my, my general athleticism deteriorated as a product of that. But I still found a niche for success. Sure. In the same way that you could do so in like baseball or there are other sports where, you know what I mean. Like you can play longer, change your role, and baseball you can be a pitcher a closer and play till you're in your 40s right mm -hmm. and it's like is you, are you doing something more athletic if you're repeatedly throwing a ball and you're 42 mm -hmm. it's like to me that's kind of like being a finisher in sure. lacrosse but requires a little bit more movement and i didn't bring up baseball as like the lacrosse versus baseball yeah. thing. <laughs> well, uh, people would be like hell yeah he but hates I, it but I, based on where you started this conversation with like that comment of like lacrosse isn't a sport i i do think the baseball lacrosse dynamic rivalry situation is like pretty prevalent in that like it's the same season yeah yeah, yeah. you know so uh -huh. like you have to pick if you want to play a sport in the spring you have yeah to pick maybe that maybe that, that's two. a good point maybe yeah. it's rooted in that because like you said your average joe on the street if i go like what do you think about lacrosse they're like ah, i don't really know what i know it's yeah. sport not not a sport. Okay, well, well, yeah. Flesh that out. Like, yeah. why isn't it a sport? But clearly, there's an animosity sure. to, at a level of like posting a lacrosse highlight. Someone comments, "Not a sport." <laughs> it's like, well, you're watching ESPN, and they posted the video. So the so, the, yeah. the people who are the number one like yeah. platform for sports decided that this is going to be a video on the channel. So, like, powers that be are deciding that yeah. it, it's sport. Like, why yeah. are you commenting, not a sport, no. right? It's like, yeah. if they put a UFC thing up, not a fight. So like, yeah. it's a fight. That's why it's on here. Like, it doesn't – and yeah. I'm just curious, like, if what – maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. it's, like, the baseball animosity. Yeah, it might be. I, I, mean, I don't understand it. I'm, I'm, I've asked a few people that I've chatted with on here, like, trying to get to the root of, like – where the animosity comes from, right. why you took the time Maybe to... Maybe they see it as a threat. He, it could towards be. Towards their beloved baseball. I guess. I mean, I don't... 
I'd ha I have to get, this is what I have to do. I have to go on to ESPN. You get a comment. Get, no, I need to go to the people yep. that said not a sport and I need to DM them and yes. be like, hey, just I'm doing this survey, like, <laughs> can you tell me why it's not a sport? <laughs> but then they'd probably respond, like, it sucks. It's yeah. like, all right, you're... All right, well, you now, just have now an opinion. I, yeah. yeah, I get why you're, uh, you're not smart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like, it's a frustrating thing, especially during a time when the sport's trying to grow right. and there's, you know, new opportunities for everyone. What's just, your opinion on how... For someone who, who doesn't know about lacrosse, which uh -huh. is most people, yep. there's box, now there's MLL, now there's PLL. Yep. The Olympic style uh -huh. format is going to be different too. How do uh, how does lacrosse, you know, conquer that? Like it's a, there's always going to be indoor outdoor, right? But now there's two versions of outdoor. I don't like the new outdoor rules. So I think it's for the if the option the is you change it to six players, yeah. entirely morph the game into something that's only remotely similar to what it was before, right. or not be in the Olympics, I'll not be in the Olympics. Like, Interesting. If someone was like, hey, you could be in the Olympics, but yeah. you have to, uh, you got to kill someone. <laughs> like, well, wait, but uh, that's not who I am. Well, what to counter that, what, uh, like volleyball, for example, you know, like they they drastically change volleyball for the Olympics. And right? What do they do? Well, they because volleyball is six on six, and the Olympic volleyball is two on two. So like, mm -hmm. they shrunk it to hopefully make it faster and more exciting. I guess. Yeah. You know, like I, that's I, a good comparison. I, I mean, I, I see why they're doing it. It, uh -huh. it is frustrating. Like when I first found out about it, it, it I was like, that's silly. Like this isn't going to be lacrosse. You know, well, it, it will, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, some yeah. other version, but. Um, at the end of the day, if 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 that is the version that allows it to make it to that level, like I do, I do like that. It's, it, but it's I don't know. Point. I don't know if I would ideally want the real version to be on the Olympics, strictly from the perspective of like we keep having to change the rules, mm -hmm. and the PLL has made adjustments too. I like to, the PLL to make rules. it faster. Yeah, they yeah, yeah, shrunk yeah. the midfield. Yeah, I would take know, the like PLL rules and use the those without putting mics on the players during the games, <laughs> and that's the Olympics. You don't think they should do that in the Olympics? No vlogs and no <laughs> players with mics, yeah. and that would be, because if, if, yeah, yeah. Th that's what I would like. Right. But you're right, I, I'm actually now reforming, I've never, I'm like reforming my opinion on it, because I'm like, damn, like, you'll still, like, if I could see a six on six of yeah. the best, six best Canadian players, six best Iroquois, six best U.S., Australia, England. There's going to be some really cool plays in there, yeah. and it's going to be. It's just going to be like strategically different, and maybe I'm just bitter because my time has passed. <laughs> it's like a, a mixture of that, all that. But like, that I guess be, I just wish they could find that a might way. Be a specialty for you, man. What? The four on four. Half yeah, I know. That's why now I'm like reformulating, you know? and I'm like, I'm yeah. shining this that might, format. This might be Smaller good for field. You, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, you're right. But it's interesting too because. The Olympic format doesn't have long poles, so your defensive players, like you got to be do it allers. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you are there? Do you think there'll be any room for like, like the two pure finisher? Like, I'll have I'll have to know how to play D. I don't think so, because there's still two that stay back. Oh, two stay back? I believe so. Oh, I could shine in that for role. sure. How much cherry pick all day? Yeah, exactly. That's like my dream. Why am I <laughs> against this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I just have an outlook on, like, 
wanting people to just like the sport for what right. it is and not being like, oh, you need to like make it more exciting. But, what, you know, so but that's an interesting comment too because like, what is the sport now? Like, when you say lacrosse, like, yeah, 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 you have to for specify. Me, like, yeah, is it, oh, are you playing certainly, box? Certainly. Are you playing field? Now the MLL it would and the PLL, be, different rules. Like for me, it would be like MLL PLL rules. Okay. That that's the the format that I like best. Yeah. Um, but you make a valid point. When I came into college, there were horns. It was slower. Yeah. It's evolved to become that. So maybe mm. it's just evolving to become the next, which is the Olympic. And I like that even more. Sure. I guess, but my frustration just comes in that like having to make that drastic of changes to get mm-hmm. in like you can't be like oh we'll make it a player they're yeah, like, like who's, we're gonna who's cut the, the board no- that like really yeah like, like we're gonna no. cut it from 10 to 6 right. and we're gonna cut the, t- the amount of people on a team in half mm-hmm. and it just fe- feels like a drastic jump that I guess I'm not thinking that it won't be good I'm just wishing that the process would happen more gradually sure. and I'm also just spitballing just on what little, I think about yeah. it yeah 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 I'm so. a little salty too though don't worry yeah, just uh, I guess I have to put more thought to it, and I'd love to talk to whoever was on that council that decided yeah. he not to be like, "Why'd you do it?" To yeah. be like, what, "What's your thought process sure. on like, what's the goal?" I guess right. it's just the speed of the, the game. Yeah, I would I would really hate to be a long pole though. Yeah, that's it puts you in a tough spot. Like, I mean, I'd like to be if you're a long pole that plays box, uh-huh. you know, that helps too. But yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's going to be a, a tough a, team to make, man. That's what you know. It like, is, and it's also a wonderful, nuanced part of the sport. Is that some people have six foot poles and they mm-hmm. could block a pass that's way over there, and they could check you with it, right? Because that's a primary defensive threat. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I could cut the middle there, but that guy's six foot four with a six foot pole. Yeah. If he's just got a short pole, the whack isn't so bad. Right. So maybe people have to throw more body though. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty easy to score. Which maybe that's what why is they the, did the it. nets the same? I feel nets like the I'm, same. Yeah. Oh, actually, they might be shrinking the net a little bit. Might be going down to five by five. See, like that could have just made that. That, up. that could be cool. We're making up a lot of stuff, so <laughs> let's not worry. We're freelancing. Um, yeah, I guess I'll have to decide when I see the first game of that yeah. played. It's tough to to like conceptualize. And you're yeah. right. Like we play three by lacrosse in here, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. There's only three on each team. I cherry pick all day. It's a blast. Yeah. Like, why am I so against the six? <laughs> Maybe I'm not. I just need time. Yeah. And I need to see it played out. Fair enough. Um, how, how do you like Los Angeles? Well, this is my first time in L.A. Mm-hmm. The weather has been iffy at best. It has. It's a shame, too, because it was, like, 80 and sunny for yeah. the two weeks leading up to your visit. And yep. you just brought... I brought it. I yeah, brought the shit. darkness. Right. Uh-huh. So that's that's typically what I do. Mm-hmm. But um, so far, I mean, it's. I think I could see myself spending more time out here. Yeah, like, I think you de- should like, definitely. Yeah, I, I would like to. Uh, it's just a matter of getting more experience with. Like, I, I feel like I don't really have a grasp on the culture. Uh huh. I've got I got a better grasp on the shrinking culture which yeah is that's cool. what i was you gonna know, i've been always uh i was gonna veer into that i've been, I've been waiting to get out here uh for a couple of years but um i don't know man i think it's like uh, the beach scene is like i can i can vibe with that yep uh but i need to see like more sides of the city like i, I just don't have a good grasp on it yet yeah exactly. um, it's so hard to like we talked about yeah you right transportation you have to drive everywhere it's kind of like these different little bubbles like the beach yeah. cities are entirely different than living downtown but in terms of like you're finally out because you've had a relationship with string King for years mm-hmm. 
and now you're out here and we're podcast you smoked me in that wall ball game uh, we <laughs> shot like a more scripted skit where yeah. i'm not gonna lie like you had to act i had to like, act we touched on a little bit earlier but like that we've done other skits where it's like it's a total joke so there's i mean not that what we did is serious <laughs> but like we actually had lines of a minute straight of dialogue yeah which it's hard to do that and mm-hmm. i've acted a decent amount for I'm not like a, an actor yeah but um it's difficult but I felt like we had a good rapport and that you were like half of having a good rapport if you're decent at acting is the other person's good too sure so like if you think you're good at acting and then the other person's like stiff you're like well this isn't gonna <laughs> this be isn't good. gonna work yeah, yeah but you were good so what, what what's your take on like how, how we operate well that? I I've never experienced an actual structured approach to creating a video. Mm. Like I've always just been like, okay, this is a concept I want to teach or, oh, that's a cool angle of this particular whatever. And so I'll film content and, mm-hmm. and maybe try to add audio later type of thing. So like that was a really cool experience just from like seeing the script before we did anything and being like, A, this is a hysterical idea. <laughs> B, I really like that I have lines because like yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. cool. Like I've I've just it's it's a challenge that I've never really even been yeah. asked to do. Like oh like don't be don't say it like this. Like yeah, yeah. be more you know sad or exactly. whatever. Like trying yeah, to yeah. adjust my emotions uh-huh. is uh, that was kind of fun. You know like I definitely had a lot of fun with that. So yeah, well if, that's uh, that's why that we got we got to get you back maybe, out here. Uh, yeah, um, but it's it's gonna be funny. But that's for sure. What do you think the turnaround is gonna be on that? Uh, I think one of us will edit it, but it'll probably that that's, you know, we we do editing pretty fast, nice. and because that one is not tied to, like that's not like a marketing a video, launch or yeah, something like, that. yeah, like that's not the stuff that is tied to like a date or right. anything. So probably next week. Cool. Um, so we got to get you back out to film another one of those. 100%. It, next time you're out, we got to do a rematch of the of the. What do we call it? Hot hands game. Hot hands. Because A, I have to redeem myself. Yeah. And B, it's just really fun. That was a blast. Yeah. So we got to get you back out here for that. But it's been a pleasure having you out here and getting to know you because I've followed I you like, virtually. Yeah, same. Like, I feel like we've um, never uh, we've never actually had the chance. We honestly, like, the most we ever talked was at the LAX convention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When we were like, yo, we really got to get, like, like, we should really make some content yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. And, but up to that point, like, it was kind of like I was associated to you because I started getting good at wall ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but then I would see, and I'm like, damn, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but then I was like, we gotta get, we gotta get yeah. him out here. But then, like, based on how my uh, like totally unjustified opinion of of how you were as a person, based on what I saw on Instagram, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, me and him are gonna get along. Like, this is gonna be good. Well, yeah, so last I'm, night I'm you were like, I do that, like uh, all these accents, out. and I go fully Australian at times, yeah. and I'm like. Preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> I'm schizophrenic yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, it's been a pleasure. Quickly. I have a book for you. As oh, oh, you snap. probably already saw it. I tried to hide it. I did see something. I didn't know if you were gonna. So uh, I've, I just buy a lot of books, and I half of it. Wow, I can't believe my phone just rang. That's embarrassing. I'm preaching. Don't use your phone, and it rings on a podcast. That's okay. Um, but I've been big. I buy a lot of books, but now like. Part of buying a lot of them is like, oh, I'll have a lot of to give people, mm-hmm. um, whether it be on the podcast or otherwise, because I like giving people books. I'm like, oh, I know my buddy likes this. Mm-hmm. It'll help him, whatever. Um, but this, I picked this one because 
you said, um, I, I watched another interview of you that you were like, I'm just like a basket case and like my head's all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, Hill, this is um, notes from the underground by Dostoevsky. Who's, is, it's this, kind of, is this for basket cases? Uh, well, he, he's a basket case in that he's like an existential. He like gets very into the thoughts of the of the characters. So he'll like spend like a paragraph on like one anxious thought and then like get back to the story. Um, so he's very like rambling in that way, yep. but you really get fleshed out ideas from the characters. And it's fitting, well, fitting because he's a, he writes Basket Casey, you're a Basket Case. <laughs> um, and because it's a novella, it's short. So it's one of those ones, you said you're not a big reader and not sometimes fast. his stuff can be a little like more dense, but like sure. it's shorter. So you could probably do that on the plane as long as you don't uh, go on Instagram. Love it, man. Well, <laughs> thank you, dude. I appreciate that. You yeah. put some thought into this, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I try. Well, I'll try to.